Oh wait, no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I'm your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, this week is the Trophy Room Awards. Over 30 categories, over 9 guests, over 80 games, more than the Keeleys, might I add, here to celebrate the year that was... 2022 and to find out what game is the game of the year so with all that said and with all that out of the way the greatest co-host whoever is whoever will be mr kyle stevenson how are you sir i'm excited to finally celebrate the games that made our year in 2022 that's right i am very excited so much so kyle that we're tarantinoing it Okay. We certainly are. We certainly are. Uh, what y'all are about to experience is us having a literal months long conversation with guests of the show throughout the last, what, five weeks into mm-hmm. today of us discussing our favorite games, our favorite performances, what have you, of 2022. And I thought, what better way to end cap this? this you know conversation than having the intro be recorded last so now that listen the show's wrapped up right we're about to present it to everybody here uh-huh. we know the winners we know the winners no spoilers i would never but time code's in the description kyle what should folks at home be expecting from tonight's show and what are you Maybe what is the category you're excited the most to share with everybody? Oh, wow. Uh, I'm. What can they expect? They can expect a lot of really fun conversations. Uh, every single game getting their, their due and acknowledgement for why they are nominated. Um, amazing conversations with awesome people that are on the show and out there. Who, who, yeah, who've been on the show before. Yep. <laughs> like, words. Um and I think the category that is most surprising, oh, man, it's tough. I think I'm going to say indie. I think really? indie, the indie category is pretty interesting. Oh, you're right. You're right. Audience, you had some nerve. My favorite category this evening is best direction because you. It, ah. Whoa. What a nice twist. Exactly. Yeah. Just <laughs> craziness is in store. And there's some real real sickos out there. But the thing that I'm most excited uh, for everybody to hear is the lack of like fighting. Cause you, I, there's like the weird case yeah. where like every time I'm listening to one of these shows, someone gets a little bit too passionate and angry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe, on three. <laughs> Ready? One, two, two three. three. I, I love, love you. I 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 love you. With respect. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you know, there's it's just about celebrating games. And there is one moment in particular where I could have chosen violence, but instead I chose honor. And that's not like me in the slightest. I was shocked. I was I'm usually the heel, but who knows? <laughs> there's so much in store. There's so many great surprises, so many amazing conversations and at least 30 plus winners. But before we get into all of that, of course, it's time for some housekeeping. Like we say each and every week, if we ever got you through a long car ride, a tough day at work, whatever your home situation may be, it really does help us out if you throw us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash P 
S Trophy Room. I want to thank our platinum producers, Todd Berwitz and Toxic. I want to thank our gold members, Jonas Young and Johnson Too Soon, Gavin Gottfried, Jose Jimenez, Jedi Master Ren, Metal Kirby, Stephen Flesh, Doth Simon the Pie Man, Enigma, Millennial Falcon Gaming, Cowboy Danger D. Yeah. Strubles and Bits, and the Green Gorilla Gamer. I want to thank our Silver Plus members, Robbie Bobby Miller, Cypher Primus, Awesome Dave, Hydendors, Nagajaka, Marcus O'Neill, JB the Purple Monkey, Jadis Von Metal, Tim Ulf, Justin Rodriguez, uh, Captain Logan, Brenton Zachary, K. Grimm, Rick Arrington, Dewane Raksha, The Good Sir, Foolish Fuji, Kevin Mitchell, Kevin Diaz, Elo2032, Bubble Boy N7, Jesse Garcia, Hambone, The Aztec King, Stone Cold E.T., Astronaut Junior, not to be mistaken with Astronaut Senior, The Brenty Blob, M. Kyle, underscore H85 Maximum Carnage. Katie Stubbs, M9 Prime, Sean McKenzie, Final Fan XZ, Androsasaur, Lamb Chop 93, and Justin Rodriguez. It's because of your generosity, your patronage. It's because we get to do the things we're able to do, why we look so great, sound so great. Reason why the Trophy Room Awards exist in the first place is for your generosity. And of course, I believe at the Silver Plus and Gold member tiers, uh, you're going to see some of your picks highlighted as we're talking about our Game of the Year picks. And you get cool after shows. You get the road to greatness. You get to the road to the Last of Us HBO series yeah. coverage. Hooey. All that and so much more over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. And now, Kyle, last but not leastly, before we let the games begin, it is time for the rules. Well, I was, about to, I was ready to square up the news. No, I no, was no. Ready. We're squaring up the rules to this show. Okay, let's do it. Because here's the thing. Usually, there's like, now everybody's like, we got a pick a number to 100, right? Like, we got to add up these scores. There's some arithmetic, you know, there's yeah, some, yeah. a rubric of sorts. Yeah, no, let's, you know, let's keep it simple. I'm stupid. That's the rule number one. <laughs> rule number two is there are three votes to this game show. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have one vote. Mm-hmm. Kyle, you have one vote. And the audience, the over 2,500 of y'all who voted, also has a vote. And this one's the most important vote of them all. Because the audience in each category is the tiebreaker. They are the deciding vote. What they say goes. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, for example, if I pick Elden Ring and you pick Horizon Forbidden West for a category, I don't know, pick one. Yeah. And we can't decide. Well, the audience comes on in and goes, it's Horizon Forbidden West. And that's the winner. Or, or if it's the audience a, says. Not even the two that we were tied with. Exactly. If the audience yeah. goes, it's God of War Ragnarok. Guess what? Then the audience outweighs us both. And they are the deciding factor there. God of War would win that category. Theoretical category that doesn't exist. And guests also get a vote. That's right. But you know what? This, I mean. We, we're pretty, like, understanding. Like, y'all, yeah. y'all understood the assignment. Thank, shout out to yeah. all the guests, in, in, you know, in the future. So with that, Kyle, it is finally time to start the show. And the first category of the night to warm us into this show is the best DualSense 
feature. And I want to put a little parentheses, uh, an asterisk, whatever. This also goes towards not just haptics, but also like 3D audio as well. I'm throwing that in here. You know, the features that really impress from the PS5 have to be put forward. So DualSense is, uh, you know, we're using broad strokes when we're using that term. Kyle, are you ready? Mm -hmm. I'm ready. Audience, are you ready? Yes, Joe. Excellent. So let's start. Nominee, the first nominee, Horizon Forbidden West by Guerrilla Games. Our second nominee, The Last of Us Part 1 Remake by Naughty Dog. Our third nominee, Gran Turismo 7 by Polyphony Digital. Our fourth nominee, Stray by Blue 12 Studios. Cyberpunk 2077 by CD Projekt Red. And last but not leastly, Overwatch 2 by Blizzard Entertainment. Kyle, out of all these picks here, what is the game to you that is the best app showing the features of the PlayStation 5 front and center, the Mm -hmm. haptics, the good vibrations, all that jazz? And maybe you want to highlight, you know, some honorable mentions. Sure. I so out of this list, uh there's an easy choice uh for me. Um bum that Ragnarok is not on this list. Yeah. I they had the the ingredients to make something special and it wasn't as special as I think both of us wanted it to be. Absolutely. Um at least when it came to the haptics in the in the controller. Um but for me the the easy and I say easy winner is Horizon Forbidden West. Yep. For one reason and one reason only. Tell me. Opening up a locked chest or trunk in this game mm-hmm. is so unbelievably satisfying. The the feeling of you stabbing it in and then the tension and going back and forth as you're trying to pry it open and holding the button down. And then when it pops open in the game, the trigger pops as well. Like mm-hmm. the, that whole little detail is amazing and it feels great in addition to how great the bow feels and the different weapons that Ayla uses and the, the machines coming out of the, the controller at times. It's just chef's kiss. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. I I have to agree with you first. I think the low light is, yeah, I, I was expecting more from God of War Ragnarok in terms of, you know, the feedback, like you got the Leviathan axe and it feels so good. Mm-hmm. Why, why not elevate it with the PS five? And I just don't feel like they did that here, but one game that I do want to highlight before I choose my, my pick is cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been playing it all day in, in, you know, in anticipation for the show. And I just have to give it so much, so, so much props on, you know, this is first and foremost, a game ported from PS4 to PS5. And yet the little things of like switching gears in your car or on your bike, you feel like the controller is actually shifting gears with you. When you hit a curb, it does legitimately feel like you're hitting a curb. And for every car and for every bike, you know, it shifts differently, which means the dual sense actually shifts differently which I have to give huge props to you know, the haptic feedback when you're shooting guns, you know, assault rifles feel a certain way. Uh, shotguns feel a certain way. Uh, you know, when you're zoning in on a, on a sniper, it feels so damn good. So I got to give a lot of props to cyberpunk 2077, but 
at the end of the day, Kyle, you're 110% right. Horizon Forbidden West is hands down. Just, you know, we were talking about it a few weeks back. This is the must-have PS5 game for me because it puts all of the features of the PlayStation 5 forward, especially when it comes into the haptics and especially when it comes into the 3D audio. Like, you're right. When you're, you know, stabbing your staff into a chest, you're feeling the tension of a lock. Like, they always talk about the the tension of a bow, but they never Mm -hmm. talk about the ad of picking locks. It feels so damn good mm-hmm. and yeah the bow and arrow and the swing of your of your staff that's all cool and unique but also the sound of all these creatures and all these robotics that you're hearing around you and having that sense of awareness of like there was one portion in in forbidden west where i was in a bog and i was just hearing something a bumbling and i knew exactly where it was because of that because of that 3d audio and i was like oh Oh, hot damn, there's a big giant alligator, and he is pissed. Mm-hmm. So 110% for me, it goes to Horizon Forbidden West, for sure. Yes. Yeah. What the, the audience pick? Oh, look at me almost forgetting. So Horizon is the winner, but the audience choice is... That was a drum roll. Also Horizon Forbidden West. Nice. Congratulations, Gorilla. Congrats, Gorilla. Getting the first win and getting the first unified vote here at the Trophy Room Awards. So now, Kyle, for the next category, we introduce our first guest into the show. But you're not a part of this one. You decided to sit out because you are not a multiplayer boy. Nope. Solo almost all the time. That's right. Unless you're playing beans that are jumping platforms. Yeah. You know or- baseball on MLB The Show. That's all the other one. That's the only other one. So let's get into the next category on the list. And I thought, who else to bring in than my brother in arms, Mr. Ainsley Bowden, over from the season gaming. How are you, sir? What is happening, my friend? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. It's the Trophy Room Awards. <laughs> I'm excited. This is actually, I believe, the first category of the night, too. So, oh, you know, all right. No pressure. Yeah, yeah, I got to just keep the show going here, okay? Uh, yeah, I'm here. No Hello. pressure. You Welcome. decided to wear a knitted uh, hat. Um, I did. I did. I'm old. Like- I'm bald. I mean, what the hell do you want from me? <laughs> I mean, it's crocheted from your mother, and I just found that was very adorable. <laughs> and a bold choice. Just a bold choice. It's actually, it was actually made by my wife. That's not even a joke. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? Well, listen, her crocheting skills are top notch. I would like one as well. All right. So the first category of the night is best multiplayer game. This is games right. that either came out this year or their updates came out this year. Uh, best multiplayer game of PlayStation. So let's take it away with the first one. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. That includes Warzone Port uh, 2.0 and DMZ. Yep. We're counting Overwatch 2, even though it's in its beta. It's a pretty finished, polished game. Destiny 2, The Witch Queen from Bungie. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands from Gearbox. Multiverses, player first games. And, ready for this one? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge by Dotemu. So out of all those games, Ains, all those games here, what is the one that is your multiplayer game... (laughs) of this year and if 
there isn't any on this list, what is mm-hmm. your game that you've been sinking the most time into? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, anyone who, who knows me, and I know we have a lot of cross audience, uh, sure. knows I'm a Halo guy, so it's kind of an unfair question. Uh, uh, play a, a ton of Halo Infinite, which doesn't relate to this show too well. So I think there's a, there's some good ones on that list. I think, um, first and foremost, I think it's the obvious choice, right? But I think Call of Duty, huge year, huge release. Uh, Modern Warfare 2 has been a massive hit, and I've spoken about my love of Warzone 2 quite a bit. I think that Warzone 2 and the combination of DMZ, as you said, is like, I don't, I'm not trying to be funny. I don't know how that game exists. And what I mean by that is it's this massive, massive map, 150 players. It's got vehicles and helicopters and boats and underwater shooting. And it's just like I've said before, I think it it feels like the, the combat game, like the war game that we all envisioned when we were kids that would eventually be made and it's actually here Mm. and you can play it for free of all things right you don't even need modern warfare 2 to play warzone 2 um so i think if i had to choose one off that list it would be warzone 2 and modern warfare 2 the the combination um as my favorite but i definitely want to speak about a few others too go please go for it please take it away okay i didn't know if you want to add any commentary there. no 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 i because um, i agree with you 110 percent. like call of duty is my multiplayer game of the year it is one of the games i've already sunk in i think when i did my playstation you know uh rewind or yeah. wrap up it was one of my top games that i've played this year and it's only been out for like two months at this point <laughs> right so like it just yeah. goes to show that a this is a top-notch just call of duty you know, multiplayer experience. And then on top of that, you have a stellar battle royale with Warzone uh, 2.0. And the mode that I've been actually enjoying a lot of as well is DMZ. And so you bring all those games in together and it's just such a, I mean, you're right. I have no idea how this thing works because there's just so many moving parts to it all. Where like my only complaint is like the menus are bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because there's just <laughs> right. so much. There's, there's just so, much, so much, yeah. yeah. And, and they even added a raid, which is the first ever in Call of Duty history, right? Which, yeah. I mean, I guess this is what eight studios and $500 million of investment gets you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a, it's a big investment for any company to do, and Activision can do it. But yeah, so I, I think that's a, a, an obvious choice. I think uh, of your list, Overwatch 2 for me, I'm not a big Overwatch guy. Um, but, you know. Yeah, there is that community out there that loves that game. And I do look at like the top played games every week on Xbox Live and other platforms. Um, and Overwatch 2 is always in the top 10 and has mm-hmm. been since launch. I mean, there's a lot of people that play that game. I think the same is could be said of Destiny, which Queen from, you know, I talked to Travis a lot, who is obviously a hardcore Destiny guy and does the last word with our friends over there, like Cog and uh, Avantis. <clears throat> but I think those, those are great examples as well. And I, I would say... They have Lightfall coming up, so I don't know where Destiny sits at this point in time in January. But I think Witch Queen was certainly a high point for that game. Yeah. Um, Usually there's so much infighting in that community, and it feels like (laughs) Witch Queen really was the one that was like a unifier for everyone. It's like, this is the best expansion since the Witch King, you know? Um, Taken King. Taken King. I'm sorry. I I confused my World of Warcraft DLC with my Destiny (laughs) DLC. Um, So, like, yeah, and and it's actually the first time in a long time that Destiny has 
allured me to go back because the game is just so yeah. massive. Two games that I would like to give a shout out to, um, Multiverses. You know, okay. this is a crew first time out the gate. You know, there's always the Super Smash Brother killer or the Super Smash Brother clone, and they always feel like they're second rate. And Multiverses, I feel like it's the first actual contender of like, this is actually a very solid experience from a studio that we haven't really heard anything about. Put in these, you know, WB characters all out of different universes, and it all feels just so good. Like, you got Arya Stark fighting Batman in the same type of art <laughs> style, and it somehow works. So I want to give a huge props to that team for for landing it. And I also want to give a good shout-out to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge, which yes. is honestly, Ains, it, I, I mean, I, I bet it brought you back to your middle ages, but to me, it brought me back to my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, yeah. It, it just made me feel like a kid again, you know, playing right next to my brother, you know, uh, mm. Turtles in Time and Shredder's yeah. Revenge, chaotic, but I just love every second of that game. So with that, yeah. those are our picks. Call of Duty seems like it's the standout. It's not a time to hear what the audience has to say. Before we tell the audience this pick, actually, I want to thank our good friend Ainsley Bowden over from Season Gaming. Link in the description to his channel. They are all fantastic. And we also came back pretty unified. Like, it is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Audience as well? or Audience as well. They overwhelmingly, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 took it away. Again, and I want to kind of bring this over to you, Kyle. I do want you to have some sort of say here. Because there is a game that I feel like would be interest to you, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And yeah, that is the one that I did play co-op a little bit with. Um, And that is such a great time. Yeah. It it, it brings you, I mean, we've obviously have wax poetic about how much it's bringing the beat-em-ups back Mm -hmm. and, and, and makes it feel like it it did when we were younger playing the original ones, but playing it with a friend on a couch uh, brings back playing it in an arcade with friends. You yeah. put in the quarters on the, on the, the arcade cab and be like, all right, I got next or quick. I died. Give me an extra life, whatever. Like Shards of Revenge is fantastic. Co-op. Yeah. And so that would be my pick if, if, played more of the other ones and i want to give it this, its flowers first i don't want to do like this is one by this percentage yeah, there's yeah, only yeah. Yep. there's only one game i actually want to talk about that with uh but it was second uh on on what the audience chose sweet that's which, awesome i love that it speaks volumes man to see you got overwatch you got you know destiny to yeah, see it. a a yeah. not traditional multiplayer game really like when you think multiplayer i think shooting games yeah i don't think you know fun beat-em-ups Mm-mm. yeah but here we are Here we are. All right. So now let's head into the next category. Now, Kyle, you know, for this next category that I'm not a sports guy. Um, I know nothing of sports. I can't race. I mean, just look at me. So I thought, let's bring in an expert. Let's bring Uh in Brett from Triangle Square to talk about our nominees for best sports slash racing game. Brett, how are you doing, my man? 
I am doing well today, guys. Y'all look very dapper. Look like y'all are doing oh, well, even you. though I know that you're hiding death behind that beautiful <laughs> face, Joe. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. I know once you said, like, that you're a big sports guy, you're a big racing fan, that I was like, this is the perfect category to bring you in on. So that said, Kyle, you're the nominees. And Brett, you're the nominees for Best Racing Game. MLB The Show 22 by San Diego Studio. Gran Turismo 7 by Polyphony Digital. FIFA 23 by EA Sports. It's in the game. Speed for Speed Unbound by Criterion Software. And Ollie Ollie World by Roll 7. Now, Brett, I want to bring this over to you. Um, what is your favorite game on this list and if there's not one on this list what's one you'd like to spotlight or highlight for us well i'll tell you my favorite game on the list is an easy pick for me uh it is great Turismo 7 but if i could still spotlight one that i still think fits this category very well definitely since we're going to let something like need for speed unbound on and i understand sports slash racing gets a little interesting some people yeah. may think that the non- I wouldn't say the non-realistic versions of, of driving games sometimes get kind of pushed to the side. They don't consider them mm -hmm. sporty, but it's still a competition. But um, Hot Wheels Unbound Ooh. is some of the absolute, or Unleashed rather, Unbound is of course on my screen in my face, but Hot Wheels <laughs> Unleashed, uh, quite an amazing time. And there's something about that game where it's so gamey mm -hmm. that... I think that the designers really knew what they were doing when they were creating like the challenges because all of the unleashed challenges for that game uh, for specifically the time trials are so difficult to get that there is, as far as I can tell, no way to actually get the times without cheating as far as you would think you you have to track skip and it's kind of like a rocket league i don't know if y'all have played that yeah. you've kind of oh, yeah. boost and whatnot so if you use that game's ramps and boost and look there are clear spots of the levels designed for you to skip large sections of the track without missing uh, checkpoints uh and i can only say that it feels so like it was a it was a decision that was made it mm. was deliberate mm. uh, and i really like that aspect but with what we have on here i think gran turismo 7 is well and away my favorite but just for the sake of uh, uh clarification i've not played as much need for speed unbound as i wish i would have i've started it i've played it i don't have as much of an opinion as i wish i did i really tried but i've been in boston for um the last Fair. three or four days of my week. So. I, I love how much love though, like need for speed unbound is getting. It makes me so yes. happy that we waited on these awards so that we could bring it in because it seems like this is a game really made for the fans and that they're really appreciating even the art style, the aesthetic, the music, they're all seemingly back on the board of like, this is what need for speed should, should be. So, mm -hmm. Kyle, I, I bring it over to you. <laughs> we talked about it a few weeks ago about what your most played game is this year. It's on yeah. this list. So sure is. Uh, before I get to that, though, I do want to highlight Ali Ali World. Yeah. Uh, what a terrific skateboarding game. The Ali Ali games are just some of the best skateboarding games ever made. And Roll 7 know what they're doing. Um, they are difficult, but it is. A fun difficult. It, it, you feel very, very cool or pulling off some of the tricks because it's all on the analog sticks, Fair. right? You have to like rotate it in a certain way to do a certain trick and whatnot. And 
um, just the way the level design is in worlds where there's verticality and switching lanes and whatnot, it, br- it breathes a whole new uh, breath of fresh air and it, and it's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Ollie Ollie, when I was playing, I realized that it's kind of like the first time that I played the, the 2D ones is like, oh, it's the it's the magic of skate on the analog stick, yeah. but in a 2D presentation. And I know Ollie Ollie World, I think I haven't played this one yet, but it skews back out to a 3D world. Um, or is it like a 2.5D? I would say more like 2.5D. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. There's more okay. depth to it a little bit. Um, but obviously my pick is then will be the show 22. I've gone on long rants <laughs> on this show. Last year's <laughs> award show. It's fine. I'm so tired of San Diego studio not getting the flowers that they deserve mm-hmm. for year in and year out, creating one of the best sports games ever made. And to do it, it, it is, uh, it's incredible. And this year's iteration, I think they did a fantastic job. What a, what a good sports game needs to do, especially with um, like longevity, like me playing it for over 200 hours this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to constantly update it and have fun things to do. In the Diamond Dynasty mode, which is the online mode where you collect cards, every EA sports game and most sports games have them. This one, you were getting new cards every week. You were getting new players. You were different types of missions and um, different goals you would have to do. And then it felt fresh. And um, it, it just, I, I love them. I obviously am a huge baseball fan. Um, but the fact that Sony itself, right? We have two Sony first party studios games in this category. It, and and they do extremely well on that kind of front. So I definitely think MLB The Show 22 deserves uh, the win. But I know, to Brett, your point, your pick, I know just how good Gran Turismo 7 is. Yeah. yeah. It looks gorgeous. The, the amount of detail that is in that game, I will not be shocked if that wins either. Yeah. You know, something that you said, if I can cut in real quick, Jim. Yeah, go um, for it, please. That, that I think is really interesting is you talked about like what a what a sports game has to do to do well. And I think that racers often get away without having to update nearly as often as more um, sim driven physical sports. Which yeah. I mm-hmm. can't say that driving is not a physical sport, but um, yeah, the more life emulates what you can watch on TV easily throughout America. Those, I think, tend to get that treatment a little bit more. And as much as I love Gran Turismo 7, I think one of the really big things you can give to FIFA and MLB here is that both of those games have done a much better job, partially because mm-hmm. they're yearly and they understand that workflow, of mm-hmm. constantly updating and trying to be fresh. The one complaint I can genuinely give Gran Turismo 7 is while it has the best foundation, at, I, I love the game and it has so much to build on, they have been, they've left people wanting for meaningful updates in a quick enough pace mm-hmm. a gran turismo has kind of been a game a pseudo games as a service since sport realistically mm-hmm. uh, but i don't think they've ever found the exact right cadence but since all the updates are free and they go on for well over a year past the game releases tense i think that they've found a, a spot in between but it would be really nice for them to get a point to where they're keeping up with what games like the show do year in, year out. Okay. Uh, but maybe like a hybrid where they're still supporting it after that year. Because if I'm not mistaken, a lot of the sports games kind of stop support once the next game comes out because Absolutely. you're expected to move forward. Yeah, I, the um, MLB The Show right now is like postseason's done. It's over with. So they have one last big collection and you can mm-hmm. collect all the cards you miss. But that's pretty much it until the new game 
releases in a few months. Like well, which is a good setup. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just longer yeah. between Gran Turismo releases, which yeah. is reasonable. Well, let me Question tell you guys the something. GT, uh, real quick, Brett. Uh, right. How yeah. is the this? I think the, from my understanding, being a, a noob to Gran Turismo, they made. I think they made a big deal about like the new hub, right? Like where yeah. you get your missions. What is that? Yes. a step in the right direction to have that little fresh freshness to it. I think so. And it's not, it, it's kind of, it's an evolution of what came before with the previous games realistically, but I think the presentation and the way you move around it does set the foundation for you to be able to more easily put stuff in. And I think their recent update for the 25th anniversary has really been showing that. Uh, and that's the thing is I want what they're doing right now. I want that to be their cadence at least once every three months. And that has really not been the case. Uh, unfortunately, they still have been doing updates, but a lot of it has been tweaking the game sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, which happens with these types of games where like the handling model gets changed a few times to try and really nail it out. And sadly, I don't think the handling model has been as good as it was at launch since they've been finicking with it, but they're trying to find a balance that really has the it supports the widest amount of players to be able to have fun with the game. So while I think it was better, it was also more challenging at Mm. launch. It's a little more forgiving now, but it does, it does take a little bit of that magic of feeling like you've really earned something down a notch. It's not a huge deal. And I still think if you played the game right now from day one, you'd have a blast. And I think that if they keep going the way they are, this game could be, a two, three year supported game. And hopefully we get back to where Gran Turismo games are releasing every two to three years, as opposed Mm -hmm. to once a generation, but you know, well, guys, listen, this is the first time I was actually enthralled in the best sports (laughs) and racing category. So with that said, here's what the audience thought of who should win best sports and racing. And I want to thank Brett from Triangle Squared, an amazing PlayStation podcast, which when you're done listening here, you should go over there for joining us for that conversation. And Kyle, the audience chose. Oh, no, I'm nervous. Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. I am so sorry, Kyle. (sighs) Gran Turismo 7 by Polyphony Digital. All right. Brett was team Grand. You were Team MLB, the audience, the tie-breaking vote. Gran Turismo 7 takes it for best sports in racing sim. Okay. Comments. Well-deserved. It's, it's a well-deserved. Gran Turismo 7, Polyphony Digital, they're masters at their craft. I'm just super excited and honored to nominate MLB The Show yeah. and give San Diego Studios their flowers because they deserve it. Yeah. Other award shows. I'm just saying that. <laughs> it's the least you can do. <laughs> right? <laughs> Gosh dang it. And now it is time for our next category. And with us to talk about best debut game, Mr. Sean Capri over from the Xbox Drive, soon to be loser of our fantasy league yet again, and founder of Carpool Gaming. How are you, Sean? Not yet again. Uh, we will see, but what what am I? I don't even know what I'm doing here, Joe. Like, uh, <laughs> Welcome to the award show. Sean. I'm here for Kyle. <laughs> hey, that's hey, fair. Good to see you. It seems like that's been like a recent like pattern I've been noticing. <laughs> yeah, it might be might be you, Joe. It, it might just be. It might just be. But listen, I wonder why we're here to de- listen. I'm overbearing. Uh, best debut game on PlayStation. What does this mean? Well, it means that games that came out on other platforms first 
but then later came out on PlayStation this year. When you see the nominees, you're going to understand why. So first things first, the first nominee is Tunic. Our second nominee is Inscription. Our third nominee, Nobody Saves the World. Our fourth nominee, Norco. Fifth nominee, Return to Monkey Island. And last but not leastly, Neon White. So, y'all, right here, right now, you see all these games either came out this year on either Xbox or Nintendo first, or even last year on PC, and now found their way over to PlayStation. So, I bring the ball over to you, Mr. Sean Capri. Out of all these games here, any honorable mentions, any highlights, but what is your best debut PlayStation game? It's got to be it's got to be Neon White. Right. I didn't even know that it was on PlayStation, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you. It's fairly recent. In the last few weeks, it yeah. finally came. Oh, man. It, it's got to be everywhere. Put it on Atari. Put it on the Jaguar. Put it on the Sega CD for all I care, man. This game is... This actually was my personal game of the year. Like oh, the best really? game of all, all of the games. Neon yes. White is special, dude. It is so good. Uh, I just wish that, Joe, I wish you especially would play games that weren't on PlayStation because mm. you would have gotten around to this maybe before and if you weren't so close-minded and Whoa. ignorant. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Neon White special. That's that's my pick. That's what I'm I'm pulling for. It's what I'm rooting for, man. Yeah. What do you like most about it, Sean? Is it the fast pace? Is, is it it like- feels so great. And one of the things that – what I actually – I like two things about it. Um, first is that what I'm about to describe that I like about it is completely different from how my good friend Seth Sturgill, who joins me on the Nintendo Drive, what he talks about it is a whole other side to it. But as far as like gameplay feels, it just feels great. You just – start the first level and it's weird and it's wacky it's got great music and everything and then it's like go do this and you're like oh oh this feels perfect the jump feels great and the it it seems like it's going to be complicated and it's got a little twist to it but it just feels so excellent and that's rare for me i think these days as i gotta play through 25 hours of tutorials to kind of like well now you'll like it that's not what this game is about It, it it starts out great and it only gets better as you as you go through it, it does but a terrific the job. Anime side of it, yeah, it does a terrific job of onboarding you by yep. and like in giving you like the first two like really chapters are a lot of tutorials, but it disguises them in such a great way where you just feel like it's coming naturally to you. Like they're introduce a new card or a new weapon mm-hmm. or a new way to traverse, and it yep. just feels natural. Like this is the natural progression of how this game should roll out. Yep. And how you're able to, you know, this is a parkour, you know, puzzle game. Parkour. Hardcore parkour. And it's the way that it makes you feel when you discover a secret path or just Mm -hmm. a way around something is just so dang excellent. That's why I'm with you, Sean. Like, I am infatuated with neon white and as someone who's not like a card guy and not a puzzle guy this is this is something that i i feel like if you're not one of those things you're gonna actually find this game really enjoyable and if you are one of those like speed running like type of freaks out there this is your game you might be you might be a closeted speedrunner. You right. might discover yeah. that you have been one all along. And because like I think my my time in this game has been tripled because I keep going back and going, mm, gold's not good enough. I got to yep. platinum this thing. And apparently there's like some like level above platinum, like yep. red star or something. I don't oh, know. Like, there's like a dev time, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. 
Holy and God and this damn. might not make people want to go pick it up, but like I was playing a level actually just yesterday, and it was Celeste in 3D. Like you remember, you get the was it the uh, you can kind of like get a double jump. Yep. And yep. like, dude, it was. It, it just feels so great. So Celeste is a challenging game. I know people have uh, thoughts around how hard that is. That's, I'm not trying to com- use that as a comparison no, yeah. to, to dissuade people, but it feels that good, but in three dimen- in uh, first person. You use it as a jumping off point. <laughs> ah, I hate myself. Know. What have I become? Yeah, you should. Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, don't be sorry. That's great. Uh, uh, your time's almost up. We better move along. You're right. <laughs> Kyle, what yeah. say you, sir? Uh, I mean, I love Neon White. I love chasing my friend's time. Um, seeing, like, Joe, for example. What I, I beat you a few levels. Time. A few levels, like, oh, I can't, I can't let that stand. Yeah. And then try to do every little cut, every little corner. Use the water for speed boosts. Uh, and jump. It's, it's fantastic. I do love Nobody Saves the World as well. Drinkbox does not miss. That game is fantastic. Um, but my vote actually goes to Inscription. Ooh, a game, right. a game that I was like, "There's no way this is the second coming of Christ." For people who played it, like this is one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it, insane; it goes places and whatnot. It's like there's no way, right? And yeah. then it finally came to PlayStation. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna play it, and I sort of agree with them. It's one of the best card games, just in general, like in real card games or or, or virtual. It's fantastic. It switches up every couple hours um and there's some really cool secrets and a full second game that is like hidden within this game oh really the real world it's pretty insane um uh, so my vote goes for inscription i think about the game probably twice a week and it's been (laughs) a while since i played it just thinking about it it keeps on doing this thing i'm very early on and i do need to get back into this game because i thought it was Mm -hmm. fantastic where it's purposely breaking the fourth wall but not in a way of like haha isn't this cheeky it's like it's really messing with you Mm -hmm. uh in a more like sinister way Oh yeah, and and that's the thing that I I found fascinating with Inscription is that like how oddly like sadistic this game is in its storytelling and in its approach to the card based system, but it ain't no Marvel Snap. That said, <laughs> those are our picks of best debut game on PlayStation. Let's see what the audience had to say, and I want to thank. Some would say the winner of last year's Fantasy Critic. A minority of people would say that. Sean Capri, a future loser of 2023's Fantasy Critic with us. Which I love that this is an inside joke only the hardcore audience get. Yeah. And people that follow us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm going to stick with it. Mr. <laughs> Sean Capri. I said Neon White, right? Mm-hmm. Sean said Neon White. You said Inscription. I did. <laughs> That's how my memory works. And, and honestly, and here's a funny what one. What do you mean, audience. Joe? It just happened. What are you right, talking about? It just happened. And literally, as a recording, like, it was our second to last, like, guess we had. So, like, it was fresh. So, it seems like Neon White would be the winner here. But I want to hear what the audience has to say. Mm-hmm. And the audience chose. Uh-oh. Oh, audience, we're breaking away. I think we need to talk. Tunic. Oh, okay. Congratulations, Tunic, hey. for get, p- being the audience choice. Could you write Absolutely. that down, Kyle? Audience choice. I would of like that. Of course, I will. 
I'd actually like that. That would be a nice little thing. We could say, hey, here's what the audience shows. It's nice. But y'all are outvoted, okay? Because Sean and I formed a coalition, a mutual understanding for one thing, and that is Neon White. Yeah. Neon White's fantastic, as we talked about. Uh, Since we didn't really talk about it with Sean, Tunic is a fantastic game. Oh, absolutely. Uh, what what the dev did uh, at that game, I'm blanking on it, on his name, Andrew, mm-hmm. did with Tunic uh, and the other team members that helped is pretty remarkable. Yeah. It has some great game mechanics with like the, the manual and whatnot. It is it's pretty great. So, yeah. audience, you're good. You're good. You're, yeah. You know what? You're fine. Eh, I like you. No, honestly, I love that little menu. Like I thought it was mm-hmm. just the artwork is just so clever by it's this team. Genius. It's so yeah. genius. It's just like, yeah, you're unlocking more and more of the tutorial to teach you things, but it really is just pages in an old fashioned yeah. video it's game. Old manual. school video game NES. Yeah, it's great. Oof. I miss it. All right. Those are enough of our first slew of guests. It's now time for the best action game of twenty twenty two. Are you ready for this, Kyle? Yeah. Best action game. I'm going to use that voice, but next time it's going to sound even better. Trust me. I'm warming up. It's the coffee that's making my throat a little dry. It's like when we say we've been up for 12 hours. Yeah. Every 10 seconds it goes up. Like I drank hours. a bunch of sand earlier. My, I'm parched. Yeah. <laughs> Roller Drome by Roll7. Fantastic. Sifu by Slow Clap. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge by Dotemu. Proteus by Bounding Box Software Inc. Metal Hellsinger by The Outsiders. And Neon White by Angel Matrix slash Ben Esposito. Kyle, out of all the games here, what is your favorite action game? On this list, and hey, just like the, the the previous guest, if there's one that's not on this list, oh sure, 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 which I doubt. What's yeah. what's one you'd like to highlight, or one that's on this list you'd like to give it a little shout out? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, for that, it, if you're a page, uh, patron, you can listen to us go through the nominees. Yeah, you'll hear the the games we probably fought over. Um, I think this is a fantastic list. I'm not good enough at Roller Drome, but that uh-huh. game is super super fun. I appreciate Sifu, Sifu for what it is. I have to go back. Proteus, I, I have not played. Metal Hellsinger, I haven't played. So for me, it comes down to Shredders and Neon White. All right. And I'm All trying right. really hard not to have a recency bias because Neon White came out so uh, not that long ago. Yeah. I just can't look past it. I can't it. look past it. Yeah. Neon White is so damn good. Mm, it mm. is so good. It brought that love of high score chasing. Yeah. But in this in, in this world, it's chasing for the best time and against your friends. And to see how fast my previous ghost was going and, and like, oh, I can cut a corner there and take off a tenth of a second, right? Like it's it's outstanding what that game is. I love it so much. My vote is neon white. Absolutely. Good pick. But here's why it's not Neon White for me, because Neon White Ooh. is one of my favorite games this year. No yeah. due to boot it. Um, I don't view Neon White as an action game. 
Fair. Okay. Because, like, and listen, you're doing a lot of shooty, shooty, bang, bang. You are yeah, destroying yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. It's it fast is fast-paced. Fast-paced. It is a first-person shooter, but I just mm-hmm. find it as, like, I'm thinking of it as a puzzle and uh, platformer, first and foremost. Then, like, that is fair. Me, shooty, shooty, bang, bang. So, for me, I think it's... And actually, how good it is works against it. Because sure. when I'm thinking action, I'm thinking fighting. I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. of yeah, that fight, the brawl, the shootout. That's what I'm thinking about. And I think this game gets overlooked a lot because of the conversation around it being so tense, especially at launch, um, and how it demands perfection. But mm-hmm. I got to give love to Sifu, man. Sifu is a fantastic roguelike that is just determined on being the game that it is presenting to you right here, right now. No sacrifices. Mm -hmm. And though it demands perfection a little bit too much, going back to it with its now easy mode mechanic in it, or easier mode, uh, and I think there's like medium difficulty as well, Mm -hmm. um, adding that the difficulty slider improved my time with it made me appreciate the game more but also made me appreciate the standard mode that it gave me even more because it is about the difficulty it is about failing and failing upwards like gaining you know your age being something that makes you stronger but at the same time more feeble and actually using that as a bit of a strategy to get through some levels finding out secret shortcuts and it just being a fantastic brawler got a show love to Sifu. I also need to show love to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that made me feel like a kid again. Yep. I love, 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 love that game so much. And it is just not even a love letter to to Turtles in Time. It is the best successor to that game. Yeah. I got, but it's time to Uh find out what the audience picked. Could be a tiebreaker. Could be a tiebreaker. Or it could be a third pick, and then I, I think that's when I, the audience just wins. And the winner is pregnant pause for dramatic effect. The audience has picked Sifu by Slow hey, Clap. Congrats, Slow Clap. Con- congratulations. Nice. Congratulations. Well deserved. Well deserved. Well yeah, deserved. like you were talking about, I appreciate its its um its mechanics of it all, the way it moves, the way you need to learn from your mistakes. Yeah. And actually using that as a game mechanic where you you're aging yeah and there's benefits and negatives to each how how old you are throughout the levels it's so good and like even how it changes aspect ratios at certain levels or just like how it uses color as well to change the environment like i'm not even talking about like the 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 daredevil hallway like yeah the museum fight where there's just shadows and you're at the center and you're just like, everyone's just coming out of the shadows to strike you, to slap you. Um, it's those moments, give you a little slap. Uh, it's those moments that make it feel even more tense. It makes it feel like a John Wick film, man. It, it, it does such a gosh dang good job. So congratulations to Slow Clap. Now it is time for best action slash adventure. This is always a tough category, Kyle. Because everybody's going on an adventure. But the way I see it is that it has action elements, but it's also heavy in its narrative. That's how I'm viewing best action and adventure. So the adventure is the deep narrative that is sown in this game while having also deep roots in action. 
Mm-hmm. I know there's going to be someone in the YouTube comments that go yell at me and call me narrow-minded <laughs> for that, but hey, it is what it is. This is our award show. It's our award show, dang it. Jeff yeah. had his, all right? God of War Ragnarok, Sony Santa Monica, is our first nominee for Best Action Slash Adventure. Plague Tale Requiem by Asobo Studio. Horizon Forbidden West, Guerrilla Games. Infernax by Berserk Studio. And Dying Light 2, Stay Human from Techland. Kyle? Yeah? I would like to say it's a simple choice here. Though all these games are fantastic, there is but one. But one. I I agree, but I want to take this time okay. to highlight Infernax. Yes. A game that I've not a whole lot of people I feel played, and they absolutely do, should. If you love Castlevania, if you love the old school side scrolling uh, action platformer kind of game, Infernax is your jam. Yeah. And, and the way they included like choices that actually affect the narrative, and mm-hmm. there's multiple endings, and there's the things you can do that can affect the levels and outcomes and whatnot. It is. So well thought out. It's so well thought. It's it's so well made. Yeah. Um. It's just the perfect amount of difficulty as well. It's a great time. So I do want to highlight it for an X. But you are correct, Joe. There's one answer here. Yeah. It's God of War Ragnarok. God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> Hot yeah. damn! It's God of War Ragnarok. Absolutely. Come on. I mean, listen, uh, and I want to give also a shout out to Plague Tale Requiem, which yep. is fantastic from what I've played so far. I have not beaten it. Um, Same. I want to give flowers to Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, Gorilla has made an incredible, incredible mm-hmm. game. And not only is its main story great, but it's the side stories that are just so damn impactful. Yeah. So give flowers to to, to those two games as well. But God of War Ragnarok, to me, um, yeah, I'll say it here. Uh, I, I think this is the, the the early call right here is that this is probably my favorite sequel of all time. And it's, it's a different feeling sequel as well from its yeah. predecessor. Um, you know, God of War 2018 was such a, first off, a refreshing take from God of Wars of the past. I was never a God of War fan. It made me feel that, that so strongly about the, this character and about this world, but it's also a, such a small story where Ragnarok is no, this is Endgame. This is Ragnarok. We are introducing yeah. so many different gods. We are we are showing you the end of this pantheon. It truly is a duology. It is an end chapter. And it's grandiose, and still it feels like they nail it here. Not only in how they iterate on its combat, but how it iterates on its storytelling with with its side characters. I don't want to gush too much, Kyle, because I know you have a lot to say here, and I bet we'll be talking a little bit more about God of War too. So I don't want to. Yeah, I don't, don't want to harp too much on it, but it is. I am in awe of how they followed up in the terms of combat wise to 2018. Yes, just adding the ability to switch between your weapons and not just like, like you could have done that in 2018, yeah. but like you have to do it in this one. And I was honestly a little worried about doing that just because like, I usually stick with my one weapon and mm-hmm. that's how I, how I play those things. But being able to, you know, 
switch between the fly to hit the fire enemies with your your frost on your Leviathan axe, and then switching between this other enemy who has a a frost armor on to the blades to take that away. Then you can do damage. Like it's and Atreus has more abilities and whatnot. Like it is so. Ooh, it's good. It's good. Some of the best bosses also in a video game, man. All right, slight spoiler here, and there are this this whole episode's riddled with time codes, so you can literally jump to the next one, which is best narrative. Time stamp. Time stamp. <laughs> Patrons are gonna understand that reference. Um, you gotta learn today, and that now it's time. You had time to leave. Uh, they gave you a spear. Oh my god! <laughs> they oh gave my god! You a spear. You're like Joe. What? And it makes sense so so much narratively because. You know, the one thing that the creative director said is like, it would be too easy. We gave you a Thor's hammer and the Absolutely. axe is the yeah. opposite of the hammer. You don't need it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what do you have that Kratos is linked to? What is the thing when you think of Spartan that yes. you think? You think of sword? Yes. Sorry, you think of a, a spear and shield, right? And so when he's given that and it's his by his own blood, his own creation, and it's it's tied with that Norse mythology of, of that ring it, man not to, to mention it has his blood in the weapon yeah. it, and and it's and it acts more like a at least the way I use it it acts more like a mortar than a spear like that one ability of just raining oh, yeah. down spears from the air hitting the oh, opponent yeah. and then just going just slamming the spear on the ground and making them explode yeah. when you time that right with whatever thing you're chaining with Oh my god. There, there are some end bosses where you are switching from Leviathan Axe to the blades to the spear and you're just rotating because you've got projectiles that yep. you have to shoot with the spear. And then you, you it's just like it's chaos, but so fun yeah. to try to traverse and and manage everything. And it's here's so where good. I sound crazy. There were times where I'm like, I'd rather use a spear than the axe right now. <laughs> right? I'd rather yeah. Kratos goes and gets so fast with that. Oh, oh so my god! Right when he does some multiple jabs, excellent. It's great yeah. with the action. It's great with the story. It is superb. All right, there you go. You I wrote it. down the timestamp for the time- spoilers. <laughs> good, so good. Good. It is now time for the next category. Oh, audience, here. what did the audience do? Oh, sorry. Actually? It was uh, it was just such a clean, clean win, sweep. clean, clean sweep. sweep. Santa Monica first win of the night. Hello, hello, how are you? <laughs> now it's time for the best narrative-focused game. Okay, best narrative. We're talking about also here strictly story. Um, and I'm going to be honest, this, this one's not perfect. I wish it was. I wish there was more narrative-driven things that like I could... That we were attached to. That we were attached to. Yeah, because yeah. I would have loved to see more indie love here. Uh, and maybe even more of those like... Um, like novel esque games, but sure. nonetheless, it is here, and their nominees are God of War Ragnarok, Plague Tale Requiem, Horizon Forbidden West, and Stray by Blue Twelve Studio. Kyle, yeah, I have gushed. It's yeah. time for you to gush. Is there anything you'd like to highlight Ooh. before we you talk about your favorite narrative? Sure. Uh, you mentioned it with uh, Horizon in a, in a 
previous category. Yeah. I do want to highlight just how good the side quests are in Horizon Forbidden West. Yes. Every single one has meaning. Every single one is well performed mm-hmm. by different unique characters. They all have a purpose. It's not just like, hey, go collect this part that I need for, you know, something back here at base. Sure, there are some of those, but so- most of them are like, my my sister has gone missing or my brother has gone missing. Go find them. Or we need to go find the truth of uh, what happened to this person. Mm-hmm. And these people go along with you and they're all fully voiced and have character personality. Stellar. Yeah. Um, I do and they're love all this- perfectly yeah. mo-capped as well. Facially. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Stray is a great story told from the little robot on the cat's back. Yeah. And the other robot robots you are you're interacting with, and I love that about this game. Um, made me cry at the end, and it's it's super well done, and I love the world that Stray built. Uh, Plague Tale Requiem. I am also only maybe an hour and a half in. I would, I wanted to play the first game before I hop back in here. Fair enough. I know just how good the story is going to be Ooh. within the last hour and a half. Okay, like I, the performances are great. It is nothing but story as you're playing and sneaking like there's never a moment where you're not getting some good story moments and character moments and how amicia is feeling in that moment or how character x is feeling in that moment yes and it is somewhat like you know some people like amicia talks too much i tend to agree a little bit there uh or they whisper really goddamn loud like you're in a bush yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i know these guys are wearing tin hats for you know helmets or whatever (laughs) but like come on uh but you know you need to be driven the point of like their kids like this yeah. like any any encounter they're not going to win um no, 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 no. so like getting that sense of terror that sense of dread and and them kind of painting the picture of how they're feeling in that moment through their perspective is yeah is powerful and also what's the opposite of that of reading an in-game journal True. of their feelings like nobody really wants to do that i'd rather hear them talk it out yeah. but uh, like obviously joe yeah, it's got a more Ragnarok here. Well, I I, I want to give one 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 sec, real, one one real second. Oh, Stray, okay, okay. I want to give yeah. props to Stray because Stray, I yeah. feel like people just love to meme it. Oh, why is Stray with it? It impacted so many people. I saw even like people that aren't gamers come up to me going, "Yo, th- you have you seen the cat game?" Like my yeah. sister in law goes, "Hey, Joe, I kind of want to play this cat game. I, I've been I've been seeing it around on my Instagram. What's this mm-hmm. all about?" And that's cute and all, but this narrative it's also telling. I gotta give big props to giving a character that has. You know, it has agency, but like it's it's not speaking. You know, it's a non-speaking yeah. role, and you want it to to win at the end of the day. You know, oh, yeah. um, you you feel for this thing, and not just because it's a cute cat, but because there's there's something more here, uh, and the the undertones that it brings. It does an excellent job doing that, mostly through nonverbal storytelling, through environmental storytelling. So I want to give big props to Stray, but you are right. Uh, my vote is God of War. Yeah. Ragnarok. Yeah. And, and uh, I'll get more into it around game of the year conversation, but what Eric Williams and the writing team did to follow up 2018 and make uh, the the entire character arc, in my opinion, yeah. make such a natural progression and make sense from what happened in the first game. Yeah, um, it, it, it's one of the 
best written games I think we've ever played. Ooh wee! I'm I'm saying it right now. You're you're capping as a kid say, Kyle, Kyle, take out the cap. Oh come on, Joe! You agree with me though? Oh no, I do. I just like to be exactly. Silly. I just like to be silly. Yeah, no, God of War yeah. Ragnarok. For same reasons as you as you yeah. just claimed. All right, Kyle. What did the audience? What did the audience say? The audience has also said, "Come on, God of War yeah. Ragnarok." Yeah. All right, relax. With the second win of the night, God of War Ragnarok. Are you? Are, should I tally this? Are you tallying? The, like God of War is one, two. Uh, I'm not, but I'll we do can. It. I'll do it. No, no, no. Yeah, I'll yeah. do it right now. God of War, two. Look at that. Horizon, one. That Got is this. the second win for Santa Monica Studios. Is it lovely? We're bringing it back for last year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle. Can we get the rights to that song to include in next year's show? All right. We don't want to pull a Marjorie and then there's a cease and desist. Yeah, no, 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 no. no, uh, no. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with best narrative. I'm oh, sorry, best platformer. Did narrative, best platformer, and the nominees are Tinykin from Tiny Build, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga by Traveler's Tales or TT Games, Sonic Frontier by Sonic Team, and Ali Ali World by Roll Seven. Kyle, Joe. I want to know, you're the platforming guy, right? Yeah. Like, you are, Mr. Platformer, you are the best at them, from what I've Thank seen. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Bear Courtney cheated, obviously, Neon White. <laughs> um, but tell me, what was your favorite platformer this year? And and I, I believe we did the nominees before we got our hands on Neon White. We did, yes. And I feel like Neon White probably would have fit here as well. True. Um, but imperfect, at, and I and I exactly. like how we're upfront about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I just recently played and platted Tinykin. Um, that game is super charming and cute. Um, I love the art style. It is just old school collectathon platformer. If that oh is something that you want, with like some Pikmin vibes, because the Tinykin each have specific um. Uh, abilities, abilities that you use to traverse the rooms. Um, hmm. So that it is super cool. Lego Star Wars is, I think, one of the first Lego games I haven't played in a while, and I don't know why that is. It's a bit of a bummer. Yeah. We all know how we feel about Sonic, but we put it in there for <laughs> y'all, all right? Uh, yes. For you. For you. <laughs> and and I know probably some people are like, Ali Ali World's a platformer. There is a lot of switching levels and and, and uh, you know timing your jumps to get across the level. Uh, if you don't do that, you're going to fail. Yeah. Um, and so out of these four, I'm actually going with Ali Ali World because I had such a great time, and it's yeah. giving me that pr- preciseness that I want from a platformer. Um, well, just being a drop dead gorgeous world. Yeah. It's beautiful. So my vote would be for Ali Ali World. Um, the, I couldn't. I know. I could. I can't say anything other than I Lego know. Star Wars Skywalker so, Saga. So tell me, how was the new engine in this one? Because this is their first Lego game with the new engine. And Beautiful, and I yeah. and I love the over the shoulder uh, cut that 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 they did as well. Uh, it works far better than than the old cameras uh, system that they used to have here. But it's still like a Lego game at its heart. 
right? So you're still having those funnel platforming moments, the, the building this type of puzzle solving. Um, but it also just does a, such a great job at giving you the spiel of the Star Wars saga, the, the too long didn't read the sparks notes of what happened here while still giving you a whole lot of levity and traveler's tale humor that you know and love. So I can't help but say Star Wars, man. Star yeah. Wars. I don't blame you. But Kyle? Uh-oh. Put this down. This this needs oh, to be. Oh, I, I know. I know what happens. This needs to be recorded. Because uh-huh. I saw I saw this and I could have stopped it, right? Like, I could have stopped what was happening. You could have intervened. Could have yeah. intervened. But I would have been lying. Like, I never played Ali Ali World. I, I can't lie, right? Yeah. You sonic sickos out there. <laughs> and I want, and I just, uh, I just want to, I, I will say the percentage here. Sonic Frontiers won with the audience vote uh-huh. with 40.8% of the vote. Wow. Lego Star Wars, 37.3%. Mm, it was close. It was very close. And I feel like we could have stopped this. <laughs> but. You sickos out there. You got what you wanted. And this is the first game. We're all evenly divided here. The audience has chosen Sonic Frontiers as the first audience-voiced pick. That is one as best platformer of the year. And we didn't choose it. Hey. But here's the thing about Sonic Frontiers. And the jokes aside, the Sonic community loves this game. Yeah, and, and from what I've heard, this. it is not as bad as we like to joke about. Yeah, it's actually a solid uh, foundation at the worst and a really great experience at best. So, yeah. like, it's like six steps in the right direction. Exactly. Like, it, it's almost a massive leap. It's what they want. It, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's some fine tuning, I guess, from what I've heard, but it's a stellar Sonic game. Stellar Sonic game. So, I'm happy for you fans. You rigged it. I'm only kidding. <laughs> Congratulations, Sonic team. Uh, and the audience. <sighs> you have nothing but yourself to blame. I'm only joking. <laughs> it is time for the next category on the list, which is best horror game. There's been a lot of great indie horror games out there. And a lot of teams that are breaking away from the AAA space to do something different. It is refreshing to see that these categories here, none of them are really from, uh, other than one, a a, a huge, you know, powerhouse uh, publisher. Mm-hmm. So they're either like up and coming or India. I, I love to see it. So. First things first, Signalis, our first nominee by Rose Engine. The Callisto Protocol by Striking Distance. The Quarry by Supermassive Games. And Dying Light 2 by Techland. Kyle, you're not a big uh-huh. horror guy, right? I'm getting there. You're getting there. I'm getting there. You're getting there. Um, so I have not played any of these, even though I own three of them. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I, listen, y'all, I have a problem. You know I have a problem. Yeah. Are you going to um, abstain, sir? I will abstain, okay. but all of these in their own right, obviously, because I own three of them, look so cool yeah. and each have their own different 
way to get the the heebie-jeebies out of me. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I have played two of these games. The other two I'm going to hell for because I want to play Signalis really bad. And I hear nothing but amazing things about it. So I need I need to get to this game ASAP. Mm-hmm. Same. ASAP. The one that I have played and the one that I did love, though understand that it has flaws and though I am a stan, so you have to understand, Kaliso Protocol by Striking Distance. This is the original team of Dead Space fame going out there, making their first uh, new new IP. And I got to give it to them, man. This game is not for everyone. I can understand why people either love it or hate it, but there's just something about this game that I just absolutely love how it tells its story through its atmosphere. Um, The atmosphere in this game is absolutely incredible. I love when I'm just going through a, a long hallway. There's actually a great, uh, a great moment where I'm in this sewage and it kind of reminds me of the scene in Star Wars, the original the New Hope, where there's something in the mud and you're like, where, where's this mud monster? And you're always like, I'm like, should I, should I shoot here? I see an air pocket here. Is that, is that there? And the beautiful thing about that scene is that nothing's there. It gave you all that suspense. And then what gets you? I'm crawling through an air tunnel and then a valve just pops. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) So I love this game so very much. And even though there are, again, some frustrating parts and some frustrating mechanics, I got to give the flowers to the Callisto Protocol. But the audience has chosen Kyle. Ooh. And the audience has picked Signalis by Rose Engine. Very Congratulations. cool. Congratulations. I love that. Yeah. Indy's coming out here for the win. You yeah. love to see it. Congratulations. And thank you for scaring the shit out of us, it seems like. Oh, can, can I just do a quick preview for next year? Oh, sure. Absolutely. This award's going to be stacked next this, year. This award, yeah. <laughs> this one's going to be the bloodbath. This one's going to be a bloodbath next year. Do you, do you have any on top of your head? We got RE4 remake, Dead Space remake, Silent Hill 2 remake. Um, uh, there was another one that I just passed me by. I just thought of one and it's gone. God damn. Just even there. You have Death- three <laughs> massive powerhouses in the horror genre. Yeah. You have like two of my two of my favorite franchises there. You got Resident Evil, fantastic. You got Dead Space, the thing that got me into horror. It's like, what what more do you want? Goodness gracious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is now time for the best RPG category, and now to talk to us about the best RPG of the year, it's none other than Miles Dampierre. How are you, sir? I am fantastic. I'm honored to be here oh. to be the voice of RPGs for the world, That's right. and to make the definitive Ooh. decision of the best RPG. Of the year of our Lord, 2022. abso And the gravitas that Miles is coming in here with. And honestly, he's not wrong because <laughs> the nominees here are pretty dang spectacular. I was made up a word. Uh, <laughs> the nominees are Elden Ring, 
by From Software. Nobody Saves the World by Drinks Box. Uh, Star Ocean The Divine Force by Try A Slash Square Enix. Soul Hackers 2 by Ardink and Atlas. Diofield Chronicles by Square Enix. And Marvel's Midnight Suns by Firaxis Games. A couple of cool strategy RPGs in there. I love to see it. I love this category and the diversity that is this category. But to me, there's only one clear winner here. And I'm going to let our guest take it away, Miles. Who do you think is the winner? And who do you think's winning this one? But also, is there a game in particular? It doesn't even have to be on this list that you'd like to ha- ha- you know, highlight or spotlight for us. Yes, before I get into my pick, which if you follow me on Twitter, you probably know what that pick is. Um I do want to highlight a couple games. First off, love seeing Nobody Saves the World on this list. Absolutely. Incredible game. Love it. Beautiful art style. Beautiful callback to The Legend of Zelda. And just really innovative game design. Really genuinely compelling game design that keeps you pushing forward with all of the unique power abilities that turn you into an egg or turn you into a, a horse and how that interacts with the world and how that can progress certain quest lines along. Fall in love with a horse as a horse. Yeah, yeah, love like that came out so early in the year that I feel like it's been forgotten in the conversations. But if you haven't given it a shot, I believe it is still an Xbox Game Pass. You can play it on all the major platforms. Check it out. Yeah. Take some time to check out Nobody Saves the World because, man, that game is so good. My other shout is Live Alive. Ooh, Live Alive, which pick. was a kind of remake of this beloved cult classic Lost to Time. I think it only came out in japan originally back on super nintendo so the west pretty much never saw it it's one of those games that's been fan translated online and there were fan versions of it but there was never an official western release so this year that came back in a huge way got the beautiful hd 3d remake and even 20 some years later those stories still feel timeless still still feel so unique and relevant to being human uh that's kind of the overarching theme of that game is what goes into humans and our conflicts and our petty squabbles and it's this anthology of all of these kind of you know sometimes heart-wrenching stories about the human condition so live alive timeless love it if you haven't played that check that out as well but the game that is my game of the year uh rpg of the year for sure is elden ring from from software um, going into the release of Elden Ring, I had lofty expectations. Um, I was a huge From Software fan. I was going into this thinking that Dark Souls 3 was pretty much the best RPG that had ever been made. Dark, Dark Souls 3, in my eyes, just beautiful, perfectly paced, s- gorgeous, diverse locations, excellent, empowering combat. And Elden Ring, you know, on paper, oh, it's Dark Souls 4. And I was like, hell yeah, it better be Dark Souls 4, baby, let's go. But that being said, deep down i was i was concerned i was genu- genuinely concerned that it wouldn't be you know a huge leap forward it wouldn't be my dream video game it wouldn't live up to the expectations and somehow from software put out elden ring and not only did it meet my exp- expectations but it pretty much surpassed them in every way as i played that game every time i got to a new location uncovered more of the map i just couldn't believe it was still going Every time I was like, my God, there's more. <laughs> and then every time I would find a new location, it would be completely different. That, that, that feeling we all got when we first went to Caleb for the 
for the very first time and we're just like i'm not supposed to be here this place looks scary i don't like it i don't want to be here. when you open up the chest and it transports you there like where the hell am i <laughs> you get sucked into a cave you're fighting a bunch of weird locust monsters that are killing you in one shot and you're like man and then you fight your way out of the cave you're like i did it i'm finally free and then you just emerge into hell and you're like oh yeah. my god you're like i'm in philadelphia and this is the worst <laughs> this is the worst and the game is just that time and time again it's it's being inventive it's it's showing you things you've never seen before in a video game the hands my god the hands mm-hmm. i remember like there are so many enemies and locations and vistas in this game that just stick with me and it will stick with me forever because of how impactful they were yeah. from software has proven that they are just masters of world design masters of color balance which i think that is a really underappreciated element of game design yep. uh, the, the the lush balance of greens and golds and the, the gross calid reds and blood skies and then you have the the contrast with the white and the blue and the snow and there's all of these locations that feel distinct and feel unique and every single one of them is just this this work of art yeah. you, you saw so many screenshots when this game came out because things were just so beautiful and so impressive so yeah, Elden Ring in so many ways is is just an incredible RPG, an incredible achievement, and there's a reason it's one of the highest rated games of all time. Yeah. I know there was a lot of weird discourse surrounding this game when it launched, and there were actually people coming out and saying that Elden Ring is not an RPG, and that I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> I don't know what that energy is, but they're like, oh, this is an action-adventure game. And it's not an RPG. To me, I feel like Elden Ring is the most, like... Dungeons and Dragons, let's roll for your character. And every character, for me, why it takes a cake for best RPG is just like, every character works. And if it doesn't, Elden Ring's ability to go mid-game, we're gonna, you could totally change up your class. You know, if you were a mage one minute, now you want to be a dual-wielding warrior the next. Elden Ring allows you to roll and be the character you want. And I think what from software does so incredibly well is with every encounter you know it really does feel like it puts your character at the forefront no matter what class it is no matter what abilities you have you always feel strained you always feel like it's not luck that gets me out of here it's my skill and i that's what I love about from software. And I think that's what, you know, Elden Ring nails so great is the ability of going, I'm going to be a mage that specializes in conjuring swords and arrows to defeat my foes and goes, yeah, go for it. Do it. Yeah. Roll the character you want. That's why I've mentioned adding it. whatever ability to whatever weapon you want. Yeah. Right. Like, like that is such a huge customizable thing that Elden Ring is doing. It really is mind-blowing. You can be whoever you want to be in this game. Yeah. You're empowered to role-play, in quotes, through the gameplay. And that is something that is incredibly important for me and my preference as a player. Is that I want to be empowered to play these games the way that I want. And so my first playthrough, like you said, I went Druid. And so I had a bunch of Earth abilities. And, you know, it was really cool to see the deeper I got in the game, the more I could fulfill that. Yeah. I had this vision early on of being able to do it. And then you get to the end of the game and you realize all of the tools you have at your disposal. And then that kind of sparks this fire and you'd be like, well, I got this weapon. I got this power. 
Let me try a playthrough that's built around that. Yeah. Let me let me let me be Shrek. And it just I found gives... a cool Shrek outfit. Let me be Shrek <laughs> for, for my next playthrough. And you know what? It lets you do that. It lets you <laughs> be your own onion. Kyle, what say you? No. Best RPG of the year for you. Where's it? Yeah. At? I mean, I, I will just say this uh, right now. I'm bummed I didn't play more RPGs this year. Fair. It is one of my favorite genres, and I just slacked really hard. Um, Miles, you 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 shouted out Nobody Saves the World. I think it's extremely underrated and underplayed game, and and it did make me upset at the official quote unquote Game Awards where it just was blanked yeah. and no nominations, no reference, whatever. Drinkbox doesn't miss, and this is one of their best games. Um, but I'm with everyone here. It's an easy pick. It's Elden Ring. I am a new From Software fan. And as much as I didn't want to admit it, Eldering took over my life for the month <laughs> that it was out. So much so that I didn't get to finish Horizon from in West, which is one of my favorite games of the year, until two weeks ago. Yeah. Because I was just like, I went to bed thinking about how to attack this boss. I would wake up and I'm at work. I'm like, well, if I, you know, go and, and uh, farm some runes and level up this and go find this weapon I've heard about maybe that will help me out so like it is it just consumed my life and it's not a thing where i, I was like uh oh what, what what i'm trying to say here um find the words like you did it, it was it was a good it. obsession yeah. yeah yeah it was a good obsession it was a it was one that it was warranted how good the game was yeah yeah so elder ring easily the best rpg of the year well miles thank you for the help now it's the audience's uh decision here of best RPG. Let's see what they decided on. And before we give away the audience pick, I want to thank our good friend, Miles Dampierre of Windows Central, of his own YouTube channel, linked down below, and now of IGN. Congratulations, Miles. Hey, congrats. And uh, we're all pretty sound here. We all said Elden Ring out of all these, out of all these picks. And the audience overwhelmingly said the same. Elden Ring by From Software. Uh, <laughs> what can I say? What a gosh dang good yeah. video game. All right, Kyle. Now here's a fun one. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this one? Best trophy list. This one's fun, Kyle. This yeah. one's fun. It means nothing in, in the grand scheme of the game's quality. But it as, is... a, as a man with over 300 Platinums, I understand. Yeah. They're like a nothing fun artifact that's only for me. <laughs> Dopamine, man. Yeah. It, it, to me, it's the, pers the, the, the perfect love letter to, I love this game so much, yeah. I spent X amount of hours doing everything you wanted me to checklist. Mm -hmm. And I done did the thing. Yeah. I completed the challenges that you set for me. Yeah. Optional challenges. Yeah. And I'm still hungry. <laughs> the nominees are God of War Ragnarok by Santa Monica Studios. Elden Ring by From Software. Horizon Forbidden West by Guerrilla Games. Cult of the Lamb by Massive Monster. Plague Tale Requiem by Asobo Studio. And now, Kyle, mm -hmm. out of those games there, what was your favorite trophy to go out there and find. Take it away. Oh, man. This is a tough. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I have four out of the five Platinums. Oh, hot damn! Which, uh, which one's the one, only I, standout? I don't have Plague Tale Requiem because no. they just started no. yesterday. Fair enough. Um, they're all fantastic. I love the challenge that God of War Ragnar gives you. Yep. Um, especially some of those endgame bosses are are ridiculous. Obviously, any from software game that has a trophy list is going to be difficult. Absolutely. Uh, don't give me that look. Don't you don't know where I'm going with this? No, no, no I had a gleeful smile. It wasn't sinister. Oh, okay, okay. It was, it, I trust me, it wasn't sinister. I do love Horizons as well because it's not a do 100 percent of everything. Yeah. Because that's like impossible in this game. <laughs> there's so still much. so much to do. I platted it, and there's so much of the map and so many activities that I still have not done. Mm. Um, there's that's a huge game, and I enjoy Cult of the Lamb for the quirkiness of that trophy list. Yes, uh, uh, of doing all these specific things with your villagers and, and 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 then going out and collecting those little snails or whatnot. Um. But I'm torn between Eldering and God of War Ragnarok. Oh, really? I appreciate Eldering for the fact that I can save scum it <laughs> for the trophy. <laughs> yes, I do appreciate that. I do appreciate um, it at the ending. But it, it's it's still somewhat simple. Ooh, okay. So the fact, like you know, beat this boss, beat this boss, beat this boss, and the challenge just becomes in defeating the boss, not discovering how to do this thing. Okay. Or like, a collectible or, or seeking out a collectible. It's a, or it's a from software trophy list. Exactly. Yeah, I understand uh, so that. I, I'm leaning more into Ragnarok. Well, that's a good, that's a good, okay. Just a, just a little bit more. So my vote would be Ragnarok, but it's very close. Between it's very two. close. You make a really compelling argument because, like, you're right. First and foremost, I platinum Elden Ring twice. <laughs> twice, exactly. <laughs> um, so it goes to show how much I love this game, but. I've platinumed a lot of from software games, Bloodborne and Sekiro being another two. And you're right. It is like, hey, get, uh, you know, beat this boss, beat this uh, boss, get this it's, one thing. It's and not it's, like a Demon Souls where you have to worry about like world tendency or whatever. But also thank God it's not that because world tendency uh, yes. is yes. an abomination. Uh-huh. And with God of War, you still like the things that you're doing are important. So I'm thinking of like the, the pet, the dog trophy. Yeah, there was meaning to to petting that dog in this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that you've made a really good argument. It's I, I for something a silly little category. I'm thinking a lot about it. Yeah. Not to mention, like God of War does have those beat this boss trophies. Yeah, but. It's it, that is only for the people that want to see and do everything. Yeah, and those fights are incredible. And my only counter argument to all of that uh-huh. is I platinum Elden Ring twice. Yeah, exactly. There's you something love it. about that the dopamine of like I did this because though it's like yeah, it's uh, I'm going around beating that boss. That boss is freaking tough. Right, like I oh, still feel absolutely. like I I yeah, achieved yeah. a thing. So absolutely. though it's a little bit by the numbers of a trophy list, I'm still giving it to Elden Ring because to me there's something about the challenge, and it goes back to that argument of like easy trophy list or hard trophy list. Yeah, I'm about appreciating a thing so much that I went out and did the trophies. So- I would I would love if Elden Ring had as frustrating as it would be. Don't get me wrong. Uh-oh. Defeat Godfrey as a uh, mage 
defeat oh no millennia as a samurai like like those class specific things because yeah. you can in eldering you can go switch up your class and your stats or whatever whatever yeah. like to really like tailor it like that for just a little bit more of a challenge kind oh of thing. absolutely you're a real yeah. sadistic son of a bitch i am sometimes i am the audience though sides with you kyle and Sweet. god of war ragnarok has won best trophy list very cool there you go one another one of these participation trophies Kyle, the next category on the list is best open world game or open world design, rather. The nominees are Horizon Forbidden West. I did a typo there and I giggled. Nobody told me otherwise. Elden Ring, Dying Light 2, and Gotham Knights by WB Games in Montreal. Now, you know, I forget the one category, uh, horror. For open world games, it's kind of the same this year. It's just like... Not a lot. Yeah. Not a lot of standouts. And it really nope. felt like with this category, no disrespect to any of the games here. To me, there were only two games here to yeah. to, to, to have this conversation. And both of them do something really special. One is Horizon Forbidden West, which is that, you know, we saw The Witcher 3. We loved that template. And we're going to use it here. Where it's more about the narratives that you that you discover than the environment that you discover, and the environment is so beautiful at the same exact time. So it's not like taking away from anything; it's just adding to the environment. is is meeting someone on a trail and hearing their story, or running yeah. into a ruin and having to figure out how to break into this you know one yeah. secret location. Though Elden Ring is also all about that environmental storytelling. Mm-hmm. It is telling you the story through its environments, through those weird monkey faces on uh, on the floor. What are those all about? Right? Why is there a snake man with a human face? All of those types of things, it's told through its environment. And when you discover certain elements, it just makes you curious for more discovery. And that's Elden Ring in a nutshell. If I say open world. Um, so though I gushed a, a little bit about each, mm-hmm. Kyle, which one do you think here takes the W as the kids say? Yeah. And before people yell at me, yes, I included Gotham Knights on this. <laughs> yes, I understand. <laughs> yes, I understand that I'm disappointed in that game. But you know, the, my favorite thing about that game What's that? is Gotham City. Ooh. I think Gotham, the city itself in that game is fantastic. Without the, you know, repeated crimes that are happening, just the city itself is so beautifully made and well done. <laughs> don't mind I the muggings. But no, like, don't forget, forget that. Just the look bridge at the is beautiful. <laughs> look at the bridge, you know? Uh, so I did want to highlight that. Obviously, I put that in there. There's a homeless um, man urinating on the sidewalk. Yeah, but honey, let, take yeah, a look yeah. at the tree. Oh, man. It's pretty it's much fantastic. New York City this time of year. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and and you said it beautifully. Uh, Horizon is a dense open world, and I love just running through. And especially when you get to the Forbidden West in that game, and, and just running through the ruins and the relics, and and seeing familiar things, uh, and just diving deep into like the the cauldrons or whatnot, and. So the amazing things yeah. that are in that game, but you're right. Like, how can we not give it to Elden Ring? What from software did? 
the fact that you bring up these characters that I have not seen at all in my playthrough, but they exist and, and, and everyone's going to get something out of their world and their playthrough that other people are not, I think is super cool. Yeah. So yeah, I'm giving it to Elden Ring. I, I'm giving it to Elden Ring as well. This takes a template as well. A lot of people are like, Elden Ring, I've never seen a game like this. No, I played a game like this. This was yeah. uh this was uh Breath of the Wild template. Breath of the Wild. And yeah. and and you know, from software even said it, like one of our one of the games that we admired that we took inspiration from was Breath of the Wild and how, you know, very much the open world is its environment of like, hey, I'm climbing this mountain and suddenly it's way more difficult because it's raining. Or, hey, there's a storm out, so maybe I take away my sword and my shield for this moment so I don't get struck by lightning. Elden Ring takes that idea and that concept and adds and replaces it with its discoverability. The thing that we love about From Software games is the sense of I discovered something completely unique. So, like... you. You take away the rain and you add in this dungeon that is solely unique from the rest of the game. Uh, take it like the Bloodboard Catacombs, right? Mm-hmm. But instead of it randomly generated, it is painstakingly detailed in where you're going, what puzzle you need to solve, what thing, like knowing that there are little secrets, like you're able to whack uh, those like flame columns in some of those dungeons yep. and it acts as an elevator. Yeah. To That's discover cool. more of these little secret locations mm-hmm. is just Or brilliant. the fact that somebody found an Ash of War. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Yeah. Someone found an Ash of War on the side of a mountain, and, and it'd be impossible to find unless you take the time to find a way to jump down there on Torrent mm-hmm. to find this Ash of War, or else it's just there. Yeah. And there's no hints at it either. It's just there. And then, like, on, an, on another scale of, like, being able to find a storyline that I didn't know was there. Like there was a person I ran into just at midway through the game that I didn't know you could run into him earlier. So when I was playing out my mage, I was actually discovering more about this character because I met him earlier and understood his strife a little bit more. And it, it, it made that character and that experience feel so much more layered and not to mention with all of its open world design, you take in the the boss elements of like, I'm just running around this field and then suddenly a dragon drops in. And we talk about variety in a video game. It's there. Like you're even yeah. when you're running into the quote unquote same enemy, you you forgive it because the variety in which you fight all these enemies is just so it's just so much. You could say it's like a greatest hits from a from software game in terms of the enemies, but it'd just be doing it such a disservice. So mm-hmm. to me, the design in this game is honestly not, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> not to mention there. And I do want to keep this a secret from people who haven't hopped in yet. Yeah. The fact that there, are, there are elevators that you're like, Oh, okay. This is going to be a little room. No, uh-uh. it's like a full on brand new open world setting. <laughs> it's a city. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah. Or like, oh, what's in this treasure chest? So let me open it up. Oh, it transports you across the map. Yep. And it's I, wild. And last thing here is talk about open world. I I've put 300 hours into this game. No cap. I see it bringing it back. Um, though I'm simping pretty hard. 
Oh, jeez. Oh, myself. boy. Um, and I still found moments of, oh, wow, this is here. Like, still, like, a little, like, oh, this, 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 is a little, this is a little goodies right here. Like, speaking of, there was an Ash of War I found on a random location that I didn't know was there, and I just double-jumped on my mage. I was like, oh, wow, I I did not know this location existed, and here it is. So, open world, boy, boy, yeah. boy, boy. I feel bad for Horizon because it's so beautiful. But it's so good. One of the best open worlds ever. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be. Did the continuing. audience lean on the same way? And Elden Ring as well. You're right. I got lost in the sauce there. Elden yeah. Ring also uh, won that category as well. Mm-hmm. All right, Kyle. Whew. Now it's time for best level design, linear levels. By the way, we're talking. Mm-hmm. Linear or hub, so nothing huge open world. Elden Ring ain't here, though. I feel like, yeah, you know what? Retrospect, maybe. But no, we had a good conversation about that. No, we did. Uh, we actually did. Yeah, yeah. Here are the nominees: God of War, Ragnarok, Plague Tale, Requiem, Sifu, Entropy Center by Stubby Games, and Neon White. Kyle, your highlights and your mm-hmm. pick. For best level design, yeah, uh, obviously Neon White is great for what it is, uh, defining cool little hidden shortcuts uh, for the the second, third, fourth runs, and it was very interesting. I, I watched the speed run video of the devs reacting to a Neon mm-hmm. White speedrunner, and them talking about making the level, and then making the level with the shortcut. Like actually thinking about it in a way where they have to make the shortcut work. Oh, or wow. else the level's not a thing. Um, See, so they thought of it in mind of shortcut first and then build the course around it. Yes. That's yeah, so yeah, yeah. cool. It's very, it, I big brain moves. Yeah. Um, I, this is a tough one for me mm-hmm. because I, in my few hours with Plague Tale Requiem, there's some fantastic level design there of sneaking yeah. around in big fields and bobbing and weaving under tables, over walls, behind corners. Like it's <laughs> pretty fantastic. And then I think of like some of the levels in Ragnarok where just Vanheim in general, just that whole hub is yeah, is really well done and dense, even though it's kind of hard to find your way in some of those points. And that's those, the thing those places. for me, like I would put God of War here, but though the one level in Vanaheim and I understand where you're talking, like it's amazing level design. Yes. It, it makes me wish all of the game was like that because to me, it's actually, it, it feels, especially when you're trying to go for the trophy run here too linear. And I made the yeah. wrong turn back, and there's not enough checkpoints within the area to make up for that. So or I feel fast like travel points, yeah, yeah, fast travel points. Sorry, and and I don't feel like though it it's an improvement on God of War 2018. It's yes. that steep enough improvement to go. Oh yeah, it's God of War all the way. Because for me, in my heart of hearts, here Kyle, yeah, I I can't see a world where Neon White doesn't take this. Because I think the level design here is just impeccable. Like you just said it, building the 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 the, the whole thing around the shortcut. Mm-hmm. Like that is so brilliant, and ha- having it be or actually feel like you know 
I, I can I can shave a second off here, and you're spending 20 yeah. minutes on a one second course. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a beauty to wanting to perfect that next level. So for me, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I no, gotta give the flowers to Neon White here. Yeah, and yeah. and I am leaning that way. Ooh, okay. But I, I do just want to say I haven't played Entry Center. People have told mm-hmm. us to play that game. It's on yeah. my list. Ain't uh, yeah, Kevin Ainsworth. I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think I'm actually also going to go with Neon White. All right. All right. Just because I haven't put enough time into Plague Tale, mm-hmm. and I don't know if those levels ever get to Sammy. Okay. You know what I mean? So they, put an like, asterisk Are on. they, yeah, are they diverse enough in, in the level design? But mm-hmm. there's, again, Ragnarok has some stellar level design. Yeah. But there's some things that hold it back. I think Neon White's just perfect all the way through. That one boat animation, I can't forgive them. How dare they reuse it? <laughs> uh, humbug. Jokes, everybody. <laughs> Jokes. Jokes. We laugh. Those people suck. We cheer, okay? Yeah. The audience voted for God of War Ragnarok, mm-hmm. but we say nay. Neon White wins with its first win of the night. All right, Kyle. You ready for this? Always ready. This one, I don't feel much of a stake in, but let's take it away. Best, and and honestly, Kyle, do you want this to just be to the audience vote? I'm totally fine with that, because I have maybe 30, not 30 minutes, like an hour and a half into one of these games, and that's it. Fair enough. So this one is all the audience. I'm going to take a step back and remove myself as well. Best strategy game. Marvel's Midnight Suns. From Firaxis, The Dialfield Chronicle by Square Enix, Tactics Ogre Reborn by Square Enix, and Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel by Konami. I put this here because there needs to be more strategy games on consoles. Yes. Please, for the love of God. Yes. All right? They can't just be on PC. It's not enough. Give the love out. I, I, I'm so excited to see games like Company of Heroes hit PlayStation this year. I'm so excited for it. Mm-hmm. That said, I want to give all these people their flowers because they done did the thing. Yeah. So, with 53% of the vote, doing it again here. With passion and with gusto, the audience chose Marvel's Midnight Suns by Firaxis Games. Congratulations, nice. y'all. Congratulations. Any kind words you'd like to throw their way? Absolutely. I I mean, that is the game that I put an hour and a half in on this list. And out of that hour and a half, it's pretty great. Yeah. I I, I think the combat and the strategy part of it is really well done. Firaxis are obviously masters at their craft. Mm -hmm. And putting superheroes in a strategy game like this uh, with their pedigree, it just works so great. Yeah. It works fantastic. It's it's real good. Yeah. Firaxis is the masters of their craft. Uh, Civilization being one of my favorite strategy games of all time. Um, you know, having uh, XCOM being one of one of the, my favorite RTSs as well. Um, it, it only makes sense. They cover Marvel and they handle it with such yeah. care and love. And it feels just straight up, for better or for worse, straight out of the 90s. It just makes me nostalgic for like the old X-Men, the old Spider-Man. Mm. Again, and it's it's delivered so well here. So yeah. congratulations for access. All right, Kyle. The next category on the list is best shooter. I brought the voice back. 
Hey. Inconsistent with the voice. Next year, I will get better. <laughs> Best shooter category. Call of Duty. Modern Warfare 2. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands by Gearbox Software. Overwatch 2. Metal Hellsinger by The Outsiders. And Proteus by Bounding Box Software Inc. Kyle, yeah. I'm a big shooter fan. Yes, you are. And I want to give flowers to Metal Hellsinger uh-huh. because, oh my. It melds your two worlds together. I love metal, I love trivium. And I also love <laughs> and surge from system, but I also love a good shooter. And the way that this game blends melody with gunplay, um, it really does feel like a marriage of Doom and Guitar Hero. And it just sounds crazy, but when you look at it, it just makes all the sense in the world. So I want to mm-hmm. give Metal Hellsinger the praise it deserves because it's fantastic. But goddamn, I didn't pick up a guitar for a reason because I can't <laughs> sing a tune nor strum a string. And that's why my pick here is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. For the yeah. same reasons why Ains and I talked about it, too. There's so much mm-hmm. here. And even every game mode feels different. The guns act a little differently, but still feels like, yeah, this this all makes sense. And I want to give a shout out, too, to its campaign. My God. God, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It, it takes a lot of what, you know, you think of Call of Duty and kind of throws it, you know, it throws it on its head or whatever that analogy is. Um, it tosses out the window. You know, there's that Uncharted 2-esque train level here where you're jumping from car to car to reach to the end objective, right? To things where it's just a love letter to The Last of Us and Resident Evil. Where it's like you're wounded, you're half dead, and you just gotta survive, and everyone's looking for you to kill you. Like, and you're just you're you're getting pots and plants to heal you. Like it's that type of love letter to those type of games. I gotta give it to Call of Duty, man. They did something really, really different for a franchise that we've known for decades now. So Call of Duty's my pick for best shooter. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say because I didn't play a whole lot, but I I think another studio who just knows what they do and they do it pretty well is Gearbox with Tiny Tina's Wonderlands and just Borderlands in general. I think those guns feel fantastic to shoot and they're so not traditional (laughs) that like there's a gun that shoots guns or in this case, this is a D and D inspired thing. So like you add fire spells to it and, and lightning and, in addition to these guns that have status effects and, and seeing those numbers go up and, and legendary loot and whatnot, like it's fantastic. I had a great time with wonderlands. Um, so that would be my pick, okay. but I, I know, I know just how good call of duty is. Cause I've seen you play it extra life. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that game in action. I know how fantastic that game. Tell is. the audience how good I am at it. Oh my God. I, if Joe were to actually apply himself full time to Call of Duty, <laughs> he would win every t- every esports tournament known to mankind. I love it. Like you treated me like a kid <laughs> who's having trouble in school. If Joe just if Joe yes. just did his homework, he just studied a little bit harder. He could be a, a nice bit. student. He could be yeah. a nice student. 
Yeah, just an extra 10 minutes a day, and he's just, good. And he's good. <laughs> oh, man, I couldn't make it in eSports. I'm too angry. Uh-uh. No, I'm too <laughs> So better. are they, though. True, true. And the audience voted Call of Duty as well. Congratulations. Yeah. Call of Duty with its second win of the night. Hey. Hey, who would have thunk it? Not me. No, yeah. definitely me. And joining us to talk about the best remake slash remastered game in 2022, our good friend, CJ, from the Player One Podcast. How are you, CJ? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Kyle, for inviting me on. Of course. Of course. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so happy everything's coming together. This is this is making me feel nice. So, listen, 2022 was a pretty darn good year in games, but I felt like especially in the remake slash remaster category and just even upgrades to games that we've gotten prior. Um, it's just been stellar to see games that we love get that fresh coat of paint. So with that said, the best remake slash remaster category nominees are The Last of Us Part 1 by Naughty Dog, Tactics Ogre Reborn by Square Enix, Uncharted Legacy Collection by Naughty Dog, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion, by Square Enix, and Klonoa Fantasy Reverie by Konami. Now, CJ, all those nominees there, what are some of your highlights, or what's maybe a game that we missed, and at the end of it all, what is the favorite, your favorite remake this year? Well, yeah, I think we should mention uh, Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, which oh, that's a good one. is a remake uh, remaster of a PC game. It had not come to consoles previously, but uh, it showed up this year, and I had never played it on PC. So this was a, re- a remake remaster that I never played originally, nice. but I'd heard a lot about because it's a very influential game, especially in the PC space. So I got a chance to play that this year, and really enjoyed it and it's kind of it's influenced a lot of other games but it's an adventure game where you you know wake up you do uh the you, you're told that you should go to a particular place you don't have to do it and then like everything sort of branches off from there like you die you wake up again you repeat uh the same events in a different order you go a different direction and do different things and they did add a lot to it so it's sort of a sequel as well Mm, apparently but it is a remake and uh very nice and then i also wanted to mention atari 50 yes uh because it's not really a remake remaster but it's a collection of 100 um atari games wrapped in this sort of documentary style about the history of atari and it's uh it's great fun and uh shouldn't be missed absolutely absolutely I i like how atari did the whole documentary thing it's not just a collection you just play all the games whatever it's teaching you about the history which is pretty cool yeah yeah i love that as well yeah so with everything said and done cj what is the remake slash remaster slash even upgrade whatever have you what what was the one that defined uh 2022 defined well to me it's got to be the last of us part one yeah and uh to me anyway it's a a really nice step up, even from the PS4 remaster uh, that we got way back when. Yeah. <laughs> and my daughter actually got into the game. She was watching me play, and then uh, she has a favorite streamer that had played the PS4 remaster way back when and recorded that. And she was watching their their gameplay, and I was watching it too. And I was surprised at how much of a step up 
the PS5 remaster. It really is from the PS4 version. So I was I was uh, you know very glad to play The Last of Us again. It's one of my favorite games of of the last two generations, I guess. <laughs> uh, and it was great to play it again with all the the upgrades and you know the it just got me hyped for the uh, HBO series as well. Yes. Kyle, what's it you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely one of the year's best, and I love it for that reason, because it even got Joe's brother into the game, mm-hmm. and, and now it's become a huge fan. So despite of whatever anyone else has said, it did what it was supposed to do and and bring more new people into this game and, and excited for the HBO show. Um, yeah, I think it's fantastic. I think these are all great. I haven't played uh, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I personally, if you're wondering like why Klonoa is there, it's because of me. I love Klonoa. <laughs> I love them back when they were on, uh, the, the PS, uh, PS1, PS2. Yeah. Um, they are just delightful, cute, charming platformers. And to have a collection of them on new gen, it's, uh, it's perfect. They, they, they're, if you're a platforming fan and you haven't played Klonoa, please play this. It's yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you, CJ and Kyle. Um, Last of Us Part One remake. I do feel like it is the definitive version of The Last of Us. Um, you know, it it gets me excited. I I love seeing all the side by sides of the PS3 original meets this game, and then now meets the the HBO show. Uh, like I saw like a little snippet of Ellie, just like like. Her and PS3, her and PS4, her and PS5, and now her on the show. It just it, it gets me so excited. And yeah, seeing my brother play for the first time, you know, The Last of Us, the definitive version, and seeing how excited now he is for the show gets me excited. But I also think of my sister-in-law, who is, you know, disabled as well, and now she gets to experience that game that wasn't accessible to her before mm-hmm. and experience it that she wasn't able to experience before it just opens that game to so many new people outside of just getting people into the show and when we talk about why this thing should exist i feel like we often ignored the fact of how many barriers this thing was breaking just by adding accessibility options into this game so i think with all that said Last of Us Part 1 is just a standout of how remakes should be handled. Because uh, mm-hmm. they, they, yeah. they did it amazingly. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. Like, yeah. before Last of Us Part 1 came out, there were a lot of people saying, oh, you know, this is worth a remake. It, the remake just came out on PS4. Mm-hmm. What are they doing? But, man, playing it, it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this needed to be remade, and I'm glad that they did it uh, even prior to the show. Yeah. Because uh, like you said, there are a lot of people who didn't play the original. And actually, like, that's another important thing to remember with remakes and remasters is there are a lot of people who didn't play some of these games originally, like Stanley Parable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I didn't play it, but I knew how influential it was. So getting to experience it in a new way, a new platform, very important stuff. Yeah. And I think in addition to what Joe was talking about with, like, the accessibility edition, which is amazing. I think every remake needs to really do that for older Mm. games um but the thing that i love about part one uh, that takes this to the next level 
is just how better they have captured the performances. Yeah. And like the way their faces are reacting on screen, you feel for them even more in this remake than you did in the PS4 version. And, and like seeing the, uh, the, the scene of the, um, the, the house after Ellie runs away mm-hmm. on the horse you chase. And when they're in that upstairs, upstairs bedroom and she's like, everyone left me except for you. Right. It's an emotional line talking to Joel, but to see every wrinkle in her face and the sadness and the anger she's holding back. Mm. I think Ashley Johnson's performance and everyone really is just shining through in this remake, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So those are our thoughts on who should win remake, but now it's time to hear your thoughts. So let's find out who wins or who the winner is of the best remake slash remaster. And I want to thank CJ from Player One Podcast for taking the time out uh, to talk about, you know, the love of the remake, the love of the remastered and the love of Last of Us Part One, which we were all on board with. It was across the board love for this game, for this remake, and to just see newcomers come to this game with fresh, you know, with fresh eyes is just awesome to see and to see people... Mm -hmm. Go, oh, I get it now. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, the audience voted. And they too overwhelmingly said Last of Us Part One. Come on. Yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> can you can you tell me though, am yeah. I am I the only one that showed Klonoa some love or were there a couple Did we have any audience votes for Klonoa? Um, you would be surprised. Yes, we did. Sweet. Good. Yeah. Good. That makes my heart feel happy. Yes. All right, Kyle. Oh, boy. Here we go. The category that is closest to your heart, the category that was an absolute bloodbath, and I'm telling you here, Kyle, be careful what you pick because there was a clear winner here. Was there really? There was a a clear winner here with 48% of the vote. Oh, boy. And then it was a bloodbath for the majority of votes. Okay. You know, like, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, So it got the plurality of the vote. It didn't get the majority uh-huh. of the vote, but 48%. Come on. Ooh-wee. The nominees are Cult of the Lamb, Tinykin, Fur, uh, Fur- Infernax, Neon White, Stray, Nobody Saves the World by Drinkbox, Ali Ali World, Sifu and TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Kyle? Ooh wee. Ooh wee. Oh my god, this hurts. This is <laughs> difficult. Also, our first like hugely nominated category. Yeah. I Nine mean, nominees. That's, that's and a lot of good thing- indie games. And de- and we talked about it, and I say it all the time. Yeah. But in 2022. Indie games carried most of the year. That's true. Uh, especially because of the times we all live in. There there were a lot of indie games that helped bridge the gap between the AAA titles. And all of these hold such a big moment of game, a big chunk of gaming time uh, for my year last year, that it's hard for me to pick. And it, I have it down between four. Oh, wow. Of my favorites. But you got to pick of the one. Lamb, Neon White, Nobody Saves the World, and Ali Ali World. I, 
you've heard me talk about Neon White. You've heard me talk about Nobody Saves the World. You've heard me talk about Ali Ali World. But now it's time. But what Cult of the Lamb did, Joe. God damn, right? The They made me care about an Animal Crossing-like <laughs> part of that game. I had more fun building up my cult's little area and Speak tending to it. my cultists. It, that's a thing that I hate in every other game. Yeah. But for some reason, Massive Monster made me care for every single one of them. And I spent more time doing chores and cleaning up after them and making sure they had all the Picking amenities that they shit. needed. Exactly. Feeding that same shit to them. <laughs> that <laughs> it was so fun. And on top of it, it was a cool little, like, you know, dungeon crawling action game. Yeah. It was a great time. How do you, and, how do you merge that animal crossing aspect with you know, roguelike elements, yeah. and then give like like that classic like Zelda esque mm-hmm. combat as well, like like two D Zelda combat. Like, it, Call of the Lamb just does it, and it, the art style is so gosh oh, darn yeah, unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've I've literally never seen a game like Cult of the Lamb, mm-hmm. and I can't say the same for 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 most of the others here. Not to speak you know badly about any of them yeah. because they're all beautiful in their own right, but like. Man, Call of the Lamb is just goddamn unique. This is my category, mm-hmm. my year of when, if you ask me in a month, I'm going to say a different game. Because the- they're all fantastic, and I'm going to switch back and forth all the time. But as of right now, as of this recording, Cult of the Lamb is my my choice. Holy crow. Because I, for for me, it's... It's between this and Neon White. And uh-huh. both of them are so damn good. Yeah. My 1B is Nobody Saves the World to oh. Cult of the Lamb. Yeah. yeah. Drinkbox don't miss. Drinkbox don't miss. But I have to give, like, yeah, there has to be some type of um, recency bias towards Neon White as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. by taking that out of it, I have to give Cult of the Lamb the W here uh, for my pick as well because it is just... It is a Joe ass Joe game. Yeah, it is the thing that made me, you know, when people go Joe, what type of indies do you recommend? I I always went go with Dead Cells. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> I'm not an indie guy, uh, and Cold of the Lamb really opened my eyes to so much out there. I think this year in general has, mm-hmm. but Cold of the Lamb, there, it's still a game where I'm just like, I could go back in there and I can, uh, I could get the second trophy, like platinum. So. Yeah, and they've updated it. Uh, there's cool, I, I think, yep. some events or something they're adding. Uh, and so. and uh, two modes for each weapon as well, like a heavy attack oh, and strong attack. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Oh, man, and Cold of the Lamb has one thing that none of these games have, and that is the best dang dodge you ever done felt in an oh, indie game. that's a good, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I respect a good dodge. You all know that, and Cold of the Lamb has it in spades. So. And, and before, before you say what the audience did for this, some of my favorite moments this year, yeah. just between us, is you text me like, "Hey Kyle, you really you're starting <laughs> yes. some shit in my camp. <laughs> like you need to calm down because you can name the cultists whatever you want." Yes. You're like, "Kyle, you're being you're being a little shit, Kyle." Kyle, you killed a lot of other cultists. <laughs> hey, listen, I was fighting for your affection, Joe. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing too. Uh, yeah, it's that element. I totally forgot about. it. I think you killed like three of my cultists. <laughs> 
and like I had to like try to kill you through the grudge matches between them, the fisticuffs, and still always yeah. came out on top. It was, I believe, old age that finally took yeah. you out. Your reign of terror ended. And Kyle, I'm so happy that we can agree on Cult of the Lamb here. Because the audience decided oh. with 48% of the vote. They went seafood, didn't they? Stray. Wow. And okay. not to speak anything bad about no! Stray. We're not doing Absolutely that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But it makes me think, you know, we, we talk a lot about that Jeff show. It's a lot of SEO this, SEO that. Maybe there is some truth here. Maybe there's some, there, you know, there's some method to the quote unquote madness. Because yeah. overwhelmingly, Stray took this category. And so, though, you know, we're kind of, you know, everybody's vocal on, on social media, but it goes to show when the votes are tallied, people actually legitimately cared about this game. Yeah. And it's got that mainstream appeal and mm-hmm. goes to show you people love cats. Yeah. <laughs> they really do. People love cats. <laughs> so, yeah, con- congratulations to Stray for getting the, the, the audience's vote on that. Yeah. Absolutely. Next category on this list, Kyle. Oh, and also, just if y'all are like, I love indie games. Where should I go? Guess what? Kyle, a a brief, just just shout out. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Uh, 61indie.com, S-A-X-O-N-E-I-N-D-I-E. That's where uh, a bunch of us over there uh, write about indie games. Uh, More specifically, uh, the more up-to-date version is to listen to IndieCast on podcast versions where every week we talk about things that are happening in the indie world, talk about the indie games that we are doing. And in March, uh, before PAX East this year, we're doing our second uh, indie or mini indie showcase where we're going to do our own like E3-style Nintendo Direct thing where we're going to show a bunch of indies. And we went through the list of No Joke Joe, 108 submissions and and there are some stellar indies that we cannot wait to show you so check out our social 61indie.com mr k step twitter all that jazz 61indie on twitter to find where you can watch it because it's gonna be a good time it is madness (laughs) what this team did last year with the mini indie showcase um it you know when you announced it again uh, d- doing it again in, in, in 2023, it made me seriously go, okay, I got to up my game for the next Trophy Room Awards. Like this, mm-hmm. what y'all are doing is something that um, no one else is doing. Like just straight up, no one else is doing. A- a- and with that production, it's incredible. So I can't thank wait. You, thank and you, thank you. When we get closer to it, gosh darn knows, we're going to talk way more about it. So, Oh yeah, I almost let a couple things slip. And I was like, oh, I can't. I can't talk about that. <laughs> oh, no. Ooh, you got secrets. The next category on the list is best monthly PlayStation Plus game. Okay. Yeah. Not a part of the extra. Not or a the, part of the premium. Instant game collection, whatever that was back in the day. Oh, boy. Monthly. The essentials. Yes. The nominees are Mass Effect Legendary Edition. That was December. God of War Ragnarok, that was June. Grand Theft Auto Online. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Not Ragnarok. Sorry. God of War 2018. Oh, did I say Ragnarok? Whoopsie. You did. <laughs> that would have been sweet, though. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Online, which came out in March. Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Remake, 
One and two, damn. Yakuza Like a Dragon, I believe that was August. Curse of the Blood Gods, I believe that was June as well. And Tome. So, Kyle, out of all those games there, what do you think is the best the best game for for your PlayStation Plus fans and stands out there? Oh, oh man. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? It's a lot. For, I know mine. Oh, I know geez. mine. You need some time thinking about it? No, I think I know it. Okay. I think I, it's between like three, but you're getting three of the greatest RPGs of all time in one bundle. I know. Isn't that Mass Effect Legendary Edition is a crazy addition as part of this. Yeah. This PlayStation Plus whatever it is. <laughs> like it, <laughs> three of the greatest RPGs. And I don't care what you say about Mass Effect 3. That's yeah. a well-made RPG yeah. game. How can you not go with this? I almost said God of War 2018. Same. And I almost said Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Remake 1 and 2. Same. Because you're getting two for the two of the best skateboarding extreme sports games of all time. But Mass Effect is the pick here. Uh, and, and to me, the only logical pick. Now, our audience is a little bit is on the sauce, I think, a little bit. Because they picked God of War as well. It's been skewed. Okay. All yeah. right. But it's my pick. Don't worry, I'm bringing us back to sanity. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. You're right, it's three of the best, arguably the best uh, RPGs ever. And if you're a PlayStation fan, remember, you didn't get to have Mass Effect 1 unless you you bought, I think, the trilogy. The trilogy, and you got a download code, I think. Yeah. uh, Maybe. This one, all three of them, and then one is remastered in such a way that touches up a lot of the controls to make it feel more like two. So to me, Mass Effect Legendary Edition is honestly the only pick here. And I pick I made the best Commander Shepard. She looked dope as hell. Yeah. 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 Damn, man. But what a Fem great Shep's the way to go. Yeah, Fem Shep's the way to go. Honestly, I was I was dude dude bro Shep uh my first playthrough and I made such a mistake. Jennifer oh, yeah. Hale just kills oh. it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh that said, let's get to Let's let's hey Kyle, let's turn the music up. All right, let's get a bumping. Okay, uh, let's vibe. You know, I want to scream. Best soundtrack. That was what? a Dane Cook reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Rewind the time back to a simpler age. That was two thousand. <laughs> two thousand five or something. I was in middle school and shouldn't have been listening or trying to find out who shit on the coats. Joe watching Torgasm on HBO at <laughs> night. Dan Cook, pay-per-view, 20 minutes. Let's go. <laughs> Here's the nominees for best soundtrack. God of War Ragnarok. Uh, we can't play the music here because copyright. No. Yeah. But bah, bah, trust bah. us. You get it. Trust us, bro. <laughs> yeah, trust me, bro. Uh, Elden Ring by From Software. Horizon for Ben West. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge Metal Hellsinger We Are OFK A Music Story Kyle, those are the nominees Um, I feel like I know what you're going to say So, honorable mentions here Honorable mentions uh, I do love We Are OFK Um, Essentially a, a 
it's hard for me to figure out or realize what is the correct answer here. Are they a real band or a fictional band? They're all musicians. It's weird the way they are, are framing <laughs> OFK. But uh, every all the music in that game and those episodes are fantastic. Um, I mean, the Horizon theme is iconic. Mm. And it, it's, uh, it's just improved upon in from Midwest. Uh, obviously, you just doing the little jingle for Turtles. Come on. Yeah. Uh, a musical story is literally, all, it's all music. It's told through music. Um, it's beautiful. I listened to that soundtrack the other day. It's amazing. I mean, the end credits alone of God of War Ragnarok has the win for me. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're telling me the Hozier song, Blood in the Snow, is Oof. not a certified banger? Oof. And, I'll and, allow it. And, and one of the best songs in, in any game yeah. and not just because it has hosier behind it but what bear mccreary does in this and using the theme in almost every single thing and the way he he combines it all and weaves it and bear mccreary is a genius so got to wear ragnarok no shame to elden ring because that that theme is again it's iconic <laughs> oh, we're gonna get claimed now, oh, everybody. Get claimed. Here we go. Ah. Warner music, son of a gun. Uh, here's the thing. I'm gonna clip this out. Like I know this, and I did this anyway for thousands of people to listen to and to watch. Uh, yeah. I I want to give props to first and foremost, Metal Hellsinger. The Outsiders getting some amazing metal bands, metal singers in to create original music that all sounds so damn good. Uh, and honestly, uh, Search Tankian made such a damn killer intro song, like headlining song. It just sounds so good. And for me, as a metal fan, it it's, it's just, it is a love letter to the genre. And I just can't wait to to hear more because obviously there's gonna be more of this game. Uh so Metal Hellsinger, give it up for him. And if mm. you want an a an intro to metal, give a give a listen to it. Cause there's again like Trivium's there and I think they're a great band, a great metal band, and a great starting off point as well if you want to get into the genre. So there, go for it. Uh Eldering is a great score. Just phenomenal. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West as well. You're right. It's iconic. I mean, a lot of these, right? Like Teenage Mutant Ninja it's Turtles. A, they got the it's jingle. It's a stacked category. It's a yeah. stacked category. Plus it has, uh, uh, doesn't Shredders have Wu-Tang in it? <laughs> or Megaran? Like, uh, Megaran. Yeah, Megaran's, Megaran's in, in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Um, God of War Ragnarok, though. Yeah. I put it down in the tally mark when we said best soundtrack because it was yeah it was bound to win. I, Bear McCreary, man, y'all, you and your team, mm. I, Sony Music Group. I mean, mm. oh, I, let, so let, good. Let's just let's just say it here. I yeah. believe we've said it on on previous shows. Yeah, something that PlayStation Studios is better than any other. Any other. I'll Their stand. soundtracks are. A tier. A tier. S tier. They are the best of the best. Yeah. A God of War Ragnarok soundtrack to me is, is just iconic. And as soon as you hear it, you're like, yep, 
I know what we're in for. Um, and just crying here, listening to the music. Oh, yeah, y'all made me feel things. <laughs> yeah. Just by the music alone, I I absolutely adored God of War Ragnarok and the Sony team. You, you guys crushed it. And if you haven't listened to Blood in the Snow, please go listen to it. Please. What are you doing here? <laughs> no, no. I mean, stay. But like afterwards, Absolutely. you know. Yeah. All right, Kyle. Now time for best sound design. Jake, Jake, pew pew pew. Blaster file. Blaster file. Pew pew. Whoosh, bow and arrow. Uh, we're getting to the the delirious show. Uh, the caffeine's hit. I'm at full. Yeah. Crazed. All right, sound design. Callisto Protocol. Here's the nominees. Callisto Protocol. Horizon Forbidden West. God of War Ragnarok. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Gran Turismo. And Plague Tale Requiem. Best sound design, Kyle. Take it away. I'm not going to beat around the bush here. I'm not going to leave the my, my pick for the last thing. I think it should have won during the Jeff Keighley Awards. Oh, Horizon Forbidden West is my pick. Okay, okay. I, I I think everything that that game does, and to each machine has a different sound to it. Right. Just the way the world sounds as you're walking through it, uh, the, the way the bows and the weapons. I mean, just like. Come on, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to not talk about the other stuff too. Yeah. The without spoiling it, but there are some enemies and creatures and people that have a whole different kind of vibe to them, and they all sound fantastic too. It's mm-hmm. gorilla. Well done. What are you doing? Y'all are nuts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the one thing that that game does well as well is, you know, spatial awareness. Like, yeah. You know, you know when something's coming up behind you, and you know exactly where it is. Like, it does a great job of its 3D audio uh, that it's posting here. I remember one time I'm in a swamp, and I'm just, I'm hearing, like, something, something is in this bog. And (laughs) I turn around to the location where I think it is, and there's a big damn alligator just pissed off at me. Like, (laughs) and I'm like, what did I even do to you, man? Like, you existed. I was like, oh, that's rough. (laughs) Um, (laughs) A little bit too far. But, yeah, Horizon's spectacular in in that way of using its sound design. Also, shout out to God of War as well. Yeah. Which does a great job of, like, yeah, I know where the enemy is. Yeah, I don't even need the arrow. I just can tell by the sound. Mm-hmm. And another huge shout out, because this one was an up in the air one for me. Callisto Protocol. Whoa, dude. Whoa. You it's same thing. Spatial awareness. It's great at setting the mood, signing the tension. Um, it does a great job at, at that audio terror, and it's all because of the sound design, the sound work by this team. It's it is damn creepy, but I am at the end of the day giving it to Horizon Forbidden West for best sound design because you're right. The, also, the variety of combat that you that you mentioned, a variety mm-hmm. of sounds in the combat is is something that I think we we sort of take for granted, and just the environmental sounds as well, the swishing of the yeah. air. You're hearing like birds chirp, and it's just. It, I know we say you're, it a lot. You're hearing the waves crash Whoosh, against the shore. That's yeah. a crash. Um. It's just beautiful, man. Uh, I, yeah. You're right. Oh, God, I now I want to go back. 
so many games, so little. Time. I I do I do want to highlight a Plague Tale Requiem in my short time mm-hmm. because of the way the soundtrack yes amps up as the the encounters escalate and it adds to the tension and and, and the the whispering with the frantic chaos of what's happening around you with the music all weaved together it's very very good yeah Kyle the next category on the list Ooh. best art direction inconsistent with the voice but I keep remembering to do it <laughs> I feel like that's what matters here nominees are God of War Ragnarok Elden Ring Horizon Forbidden West Cult of the Lamb Callisto Protocol Stray Nobody Saves the World and Plague Tale Requiem. Bam. Wham. Oh, man. I know. I know. Now we're we're getting to the tense ones, right? We are. Where you're now seeing the games that truly define this generation. They're in a lot of these upper echelon categories, Uh, you know? uh Uh-huh. But best art direction. I can't, like, oh, man. Horizon, obviously, because what it does with real world places and making them feel like a dystopian wasteland Mm -hmm. in a way god of war ragnarok obviously taking what we know of midgard from 2018 and switching it up and making it feel like a brand new place yeah but also familiar and then just other the other realms that we didn't go to in 2018 and or returning from 2018, and they're looking vastly different. This, this game made me love Alfheim. I hated <laughs> Alfheim in 2018. Yeah. I, that's one of my favorite ones at Ragnarok. Obviously, Cult of the Lamb with the cute little lamb. The, I, that I, art style is so damn unique. It's, Again, it's so good. So damn good. But Kyle, my you got to choose. My pick might be a little surprising to you, Joe. What's that? I'm going Nobody Saves the World. Oh, really? I love the art direction in that game. All right. It is so comic booky and vibrant and it's going to sound real dumb. Please. So perfectly saturated. Okay. Like it's such a vibrant colorful world and the each place looks different and every nobody husk that you inhabit has a cool look to it and the animations are cool. Yeah, that is my pick. I really, really, really enjoy how Nobody Saves the World looks like. You're right. I think there's two games here that are the the most unique and the most standout, and that's definitely one. Nobody Saves the World because uh, it, it looks like a it looks like the the twisted Nicktoons joint. You know, yeah. back in the nineties, yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have Cult of the Lamb, which is my win for oh, best wow. art yeah. direction because it is just so. The animation work, I, I've grown to appreciate animation more and more as time goes on, is just mm-hmm. so, so damn good. The, the look on your cultist faces, right? When yeah. You're doing, when they're happy with you or upset with you. When they're upset with you. I, I love Cult of the Lamb, as, as, and, and its art direction is just so damn strong. But we are once again split. Oh, boy. And All right, audience. It's up to you. Audience, you chose... God of War Ragnarok. What are you guys doing? No, I'm only kidding. Congratulations, God of War Ragnarok. Um, yeah, your game's beautiful. <laughs> and you're right. Yeah. I, I hated Elfheim, and then you made me love it and view it through a different lens without 
spoiling anything. Um, and then you have like places like Val, uh, uh, Vanheim, you know, that switching things from day to night and how that just changes the environment. The environment, yeah. the environments here um, are so varied and just so beautiful and lush and can't say enough great things. So God of War Ragnarok yep. deserved to win here for sure. Yeah. All right, Kyle, this is when we've got to start fighting. All right. Yeah. I feel like there's go. going to be some. God damn fighting words. There's only like maybe one more category where we're not fighting. <laughs> All right. Ready? On three. We have, we have to say this three times. We got to chant because I don't want our feelings to get hurt and we go to bed angry at each other. Okay. Okay. What are we chanting? I love you. 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 All right. Ready? On three. Three, yeah. two, one. I love you. 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 I love you so much. <laughs> Best direction. God of War Ragnarok. Elden Ring. Horizon Forbidden West. Plague Tale Requiem. Stray. Neon White. Kyle? Joe? What's up? Hey, what's, go- what's going on, man? You had to call me Nighthawk. <laughs> All right, what's up, Nighthawk? Well, Kyle, best direction. So when we, what we might mean by this is uh, it's not like direction in a story, right? No. No. It's not where the story takes you. It's how everything in the game Cold looks, messes. runs. Yes. Narrative, how to show this scene there or... Mm-hmm. Or place this thing there. How to direct a player's eye to mm-hmm. where to go, golden path or whatnot. Exactly. All right, Kyle. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh-huh. Eric Williams taking over for Corey Barlog for God of War Ragnarok was a monumental task. Not that I... Eric doesn't have the skills. He obviously does. But what Corey did to bring Kratos back in such a strong way, uh, it was a hard task. I could only imagine the the shoes that he thought he had to fill. Yeah. And boy, did he fill it. I think, I think adding everything that he added while still paying homage to 2018 and having a lot of great payoffs to story stuff, uh, advancing uh, combat and enemy design, they listened to our complaints from 2018 and made that change. I think what Eric and his team did for Ragnarok is stellar. However. Well, what the fuck is going on here? I'm sorry I didn't believe what? You said however. I did say, however, the past week or so, as I've been thinking about it, I do have to give Elden Ring props. Okay. I I, I really, really do. Because the reason why, Joe, mm-hmm. that I am now voting for Elden Ring for Best Direction, I know. Whoa, and listen, everybody. What? I'm trying to be as, as you know, straight and straight narrow. Sh- yeah, straight shooter. Straight shooter. 
God of War Ragnarok is still kind of like the same, same-ish mold of 2018. Same formula, perhaps. Same formula or okay. whatnot, just okay. like different parts of it. Miyazaki did a whole different type of game, just in the open world itself. Mm. And just to think about how big it is, what we were talking about, and all the little things, and you got to think that's the result of them reining him in, probably. <laughs> someone, right? Someone, like, yeah. His, his ability to think ahead and to plan out that world and how it all connects, and I think it's one of the best-directed games, so... I'm actually voting for Elden Ring, which I thought was funny when you were like, yeah, let's, we got to talk it out beforehand. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Throw out every preconceived notion I have for with the rest of this. Nice Wild card, baby. Wild card. <laughs> wow. Um, much love. Who's to God. Pepe Sylvia? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God of War Ragnarok. I, I want to give this game its flowers because you're right. Like Eric coming in and you know we talk about the shoes he has to fill and they're they're mighty big shoes but he filled them so damn well and how he's also connecting to the franchise as a whole outside of the Norse mythos as well you know giving a different feel to a franchise that we we know and love again yeah that that, that is it. a great point I, I just want to add on to it that he took something that we all know from the MCU yep. in Ragnarok and did his own spin on it. And it feels unique enough and different enough. Yes. And give us a different vibe of it. It is very, very skillful. So well done. Uh, and the culmination of all those things. <sighs> yeah. Oh. Wow. We Miyazaki is going to go down as one of the greatest creative directors in video games. Period. Bar none. Uh, Elden Ring is so masterfully put together. Um, Miyazaki's mind. I just want to peer into it for just a gosh dang minute. Uh, you know, we talk about the open world. It's stellar. But you're also wielding uh, or, or, or melding that single, you know, linear space that from software, modern from software, has done so well with into these worlds where like, yeah, this open world, you'll get lost in you and you'll find things, but there's also the honeycomb esque nature of, you know, their linear levels still exist like Stormvale, Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're, you're walking through these catacombs, these sewer systems, and it's still all interconnected. It's, it's incredible. The enemy variety here as well. is just, there's nothing that even could come close to what From Software has done. And a dedicated jump button. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Are you joking me? Not having to sprint and hope that you jump at the right time. <laughs> God dang, Miyazaki, you're spoiling us. And listen, all those things sound small, but they add up in such a big way. You know, finding out there there was a part of the story where I thought I had to do this big quest because I had to do it the, my first run to get to one of these bosses, right? And I just stumbled on that main boss by just exploring, by just going, you know what? I'm going to go this other path instead and just see where this leads. 
and not having to go through like three plus hours of this of this story that I thought was pivotal and it wasn't to find that like every way that I could play this game and still lead to the same outcome but lead it differently it was telling you know the story of Elden Ring is truly that of what I did to get here and it's always going to sound just a bit different, but it's always going to hit something special for you. Um, Elden Ring, man, it is it's phenomenal. Uh, it's very surprised at how that went. <laughs> Roller coaster. <laughs> but again, nothing to say to any of these other oh, games because yeah, no. they're all so masterfully put together mm-hmm. and directed. I mean, we just talked about how great the team behind neon white was with yep. the way they thought about levels. Like that's insane. Yeah. Now, Kyle, here's an awesome category. Uh, audience. What are the oh, audience? Sorry. Do? Audience that's a big category. chose God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. So sorry. Yeah. I got lost in. You get, I threw you for a loop. Oof. You don't know what's I got whiplash down is up. Up is up down. Is down. What is this? Blue is green. Green is yellow. But now uh, is a category. Labo is a great thing. <laughs> Best VR headset. Are you kidding Whoa. me? Whoa. Sorry. Cut Sorry. the holes Sorry, out of the everybody. pizza box. No, 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 no. You're tired, Kyle, <laughs> and now I'm caffeinated Joe. The mixture yeah, is yeah, chaos. Yeah. Best in accessibility. This is a category that means a lot to both of us as someone who um, is a caretaker uh, in this household. Only part-time. And let me tell you, it is a lot. Um, you know, this category, seeing that so many more people get to play video games, um, something that we take for granted every gosh dang day. Mm-hmm. I want to just shout out all of these folks for taking the time, the budget, the money, the manpower to yeah. put these things in place so that more people get to experience the art that is video games. Love y'all. Yep. God of War Ragnarok. Is our first nominee, followed by Last of Us Part One, Horizon Forbidden West, and lastly, Return to Monkey Island. Kyle, yeah. Um, again, this category means a lot to me. Um, I know we don't, we have the luxury of not needing a lot of these accessibility options, um, but I have to give it for me at the very least to God of War Ragnarok to see how it it really headlined this series. Uh, and when they were talking about it, they were like, we're making time for this. And to see the level in which they they made for folks is just mm-hmm. chef's kiss. God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. 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 And, and there's not a bad choice here. Yeah. Um, I would I would lean to- just towards Last of Us Part 1. Mm-hmm. Because a big part of why this remake is a thing is to make it more accessible for people yeah. who couldn't play the original because they didn't have these options on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think Naughty Dog takes great care in their accessibility and their just their menu is is vast and tons of different things to do in there to make cater to what you need. So I would lean towards Last of Us Part One. Absolutely, absolutely. And the winner is. By audience decree. Oh, they decreed it now. Oh. God of War Ragnarok. Congratulations, Congratulations, y'all. And honestly, and I know this sounds super cliche, but we're all winning. All these yep. folks putting time, the effort in to make games more playable. It's awesome. Yeah. 
Everybody play and support these games for the love of gosh. Yes, please. And with us to talk about the best non-PlayStation game in 2022, we're joined by Mr. Kevin Ainsworth from Save the Game Media. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you both for the invite. Happy to be here to celebrate the best of 2022. Oh, awesome, awesome. I'm happy for you to be here. And of course, with us as well is Lord Cognito over from the Iron Lords in Defining Duke. How are you, sir? What's going on, gentlemen? I'm in the room, the trophy room, doing good. Games being discussed. I like that. All right. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing not good. Enough, not enough games talking in, in, on games podcasts. Whole yeah, lot not of, enough. Yeah. A whole lot of yeah. litigation. And you know what? I'm here to change that today. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm here to change that today. So this category, you know, with us in the trophy room, we're a PlayStation podcast, but we always love to spread the love to other, you know, consoles. Though I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't play a lot of the other consoles, so I wanted to bring your guys' critique in here because, Kevin, you've played 892 games this year <laughs> um, and somehow employed, and I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and, and, Cog, I mean, you are the Xbox dude. So I'm, I'm hoping to get some pentiment love in here. I don't know. Maybe some immortality love in here. We'll see. We'll see. We got some things. We got, we got some things. Some things. To discuss so that said, here are the here are the nominees for the category of best non PlayStation game. Now, the caveat is these are Nintendo and Xbox exclusives. As of right now, these are games that I cannot play on my PlayStation. Neither can you. As of right now, that's why they're in this category. But we want to give these folks some love. So first and foremost, Bayonetta three on Nintendo, uh, Vampire Survivors on like literally everything, but. PlayStation at this point and Nintendo. Uh, Pentiment on Xbox and PC. Of course, Mario Plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope on Nintendo Switch. Rogue Legacy 2 on everything with PlayStation. What? Uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Uh, Immortality on PC and Xbox. And Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Ugh. The game, oh. the game oh. that took away our hopes. In our fantasy league from from Shock and Breed. But we're not not here to dwell on it. No, no. We're here to get hyped about it. So I want to throw it over to Kevin first. Out of all these games here, what is the one that shines the brightest to you, sir? Um, If I had to pick one, it's Vampire Survivors. I was obsessed with this game for weeks at a time. I don't even know what it is uh, about the game that really makes it so addicting. You just throw it on. You're like, I got 30 minutes. And then it's like three hours later, you're still just walking back and forth, auto attacking. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I haven't clicked a button in (laughs) so long. But the the achievements popping at the end, the upgrades, the new characters, it hits, hits some kind of a dopamine receptor that I'm like, this game has got something special. And then trying to find all the secrets within every level to further progress. Oh, man, this game surprise hit for me. Have it, you killed the Grim Reaper yet? No, I can't do it. <laughs> I've tried. I can't do it either. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm level 135, and then the Grim Reaper shows up. He's like, you're going to learn today, boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Real. It, it, here's the thing, too. When, like, I always say this like when I'm trying to describe this game. It's like there's no way to describe this game to make it sound fun. There's not even a way you look at it and you go, oh, that's fun. 
You mm-hmm. just, you really have to play it. And luckily, you know, it's on Game Pass, but it's also like two bucks or it's free yeah. on phone. So like, you know, I'm like, it's so addicting. I, I was playing it on Steam Deck and then I'm like, oh, there's a phone version. Let's see how good that is too. And then I just totally dropped my Steam Deck for my phone because I could play that one more comfortably on the toilet. And it is just, <laughs> there is that dopamine receptor that just pings. And you're like, this game, so simple of a concept and it, again, when you look at it, you're like, hmm, really? It's mm-hmm. fantastic. And you feel like such a badass, too, at the end where you'd be like, oh, yes. I did 500,000 damage with yep. my yeah. whip. And oh, yeah. I love high numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so addicting. I think uh, Muffin on it. Like, it's it just like the, the power ups. And then you get into that loop, right? And it, it just starts to build. And then you start to get your power creep. And you're like, okay, I can handle them now. Because before, you, it's like the sense of overwhelming eyes from all angles and stuff like that. But yeah, it's so fun, man. Mm-hmm. One of those definitely criminally slept on games. Good choice there. I like yeah, I think, I think one of the things I love is when you first boot up the game, you're gonna die very quickly i think i died like level six the first yeah. few times like i don't understand the appeal of this game but then you you start getting it. you're like if i combine the garlic with the whip and then like oh i can evolve them after you pick a few and then suddenly it's like no one can touch me i am i'm an invincible god <laughs> yeah. bro i had them bibles around me oh my god the garlic <laughs> bible combo get out oh, of here so broken <laughs> you won't see me when i got my bibles nope <laughs> Like, I don't know what any of these verses mean, but these books hurt. <laughs> so, Cog, are you on? Are you on the Vampire Survivor train too? I'm on it, but I got it. I got to do my little, you know, honorable shout out if it, it is my turn. Sure. To, uh, oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Look, man, Vampire highly recommend and definitely up there. But for me, I gotta I send some love to the the artsy fartsy <laughs> indies, the ones that dare yeah. to be great, that dare to be different. You know what I'm saying? I mean, K-Step understands where I'm going with this. But it's like, you know, I'll be honest. Like, I remember when I saw Pentiment, and I was like, I don't know. And I am Team Obsidian. I am, listen, that, that studio could do the one. That, that, on the trophy room side, like the way y'all look at Insomniac is how I look at Obsidian. Absolutely. I'm like, mm-hmm. they are the machines. They, I mean, Outer Worlds came out. They hit the ground running. Tremendous story, stuff like that. They've been doing, obviously, Grounded was this criminally sleep, sleeper hit that I didn't yeah. see coming. But then we get to Pentiment, and I knew Josh Sawyer was going to be associated with it. And this, I mean, his resume speaks for itself. But when I saw the yard style, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, but I gave it a shot. So let me let me be fair. And, you know, doing 16th century, you know, a lot of political change, a lot of social unrest. And what this game I tell people all the time, get to the first murder. And when it happens and you see the difference of it, it becomes like a if anybody's played Disco Elysium before, yeah. it, it becomes like this trying to figure things out. And what it does beautifully, it doesn't give you enough time to do everything. And you have to form a conclusion with the information you have, which are best. And people's lives are on the line, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it's just really cool. And it's an interesting uh, time period. It's a unique art style. It feels like. Like it's just like the way it's drawn and, and even the subtleties with class systems, you can tell when you go and in that in those times you eat at people's homes. That was like the custom. So while you're talking, everybody eating and stuff like that. And you can see the class differences and social structure and things of that nature. And I thought it, I thought the payoff was good, man. I thought it was good. So I would highly recommend, you know, if you if you want to try something palate cleanse, something different. <laughs> Gotta shout out Pentamit. I would I couldn't believe how addicted. I got to that game. 
that's awesome to hear you just gush about this game because we say it on the trophy room as well like obsidian is your insomniac they are so talented and even while looking at the game going i know this isn't for me like narrative heavy and like focus games are usually just not my jam um i could take a look at this game and, and just by looking at it there is nothing I think the power the power of this game is there is nothing that I can say this game looks like X. Like there's no way mm-hmm. to elevator pitch this game of like so it's like Elden Ring meets this. It's like no, it is Pentamid is a 16th century murder mystery and it is a uh, at the same time a steel uh glass painted art style. It's like who else can what? Like if I was mm-hmm. in the elevator I would have walked out cuz no way does that work? And hearing, uh, you know, Mr. Sawyer talk about how, like, yeah, because Game Pass, it allowed us to be weird. We didn't have a AAA budget because we didn't need it. Um, and we were able to tell this interesting stories. It's something I got to give a lot of props to uh, Microsoft and, and Obsidian for, for sure. Kyle, I go to you, sir. Mm-hmm. Of all the games here, I know there's one that speaks to you. Oh really? I, you think you know what, where I'm going? I don't know. I don't know per se, but I know Rogue okay. Legacy is a it, the Rogue Legacy series now means a lot mm-hmm, to you. Mm-hmm. So Rogue Legacy Two is something that I peek my eye out and go, "Is Kyle?" Oh, I hate when Joe is right. Let's get this off my chest right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love me a good vampire survivors. I do, but Rogue Legacy Two. Uh, you know, I played it when it came out. It was years ago. It's been in early access for a l- little bit now. Um, and I, I dabble here and there in it because it's not on my my ecosystem of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it improves on everything that the first one did and adds so much love. And it's visually breathtaking uh, when you when you have the first game and the and two side by side. It's like incredible difference. Um, it's just does the rogue like genre correct. Mm-hmm. It is the bar, in my opinion. And throughout the years, ever since I played the first one, I play other roguelikes. So I'm like, it's not up to Rogue Legacy standard. And and two has now moved that bar upwards. It is, I think, the new go-to roguelike game. It is fantastic in every way. Um, so that would be my pick. And fingers crossed, 2023 is the year of Rogue Legacy 2 on PS. Let's see. Let's Come see. on. Figure it out. We'll see. <laughs> Come what... on, Celador Games. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I want to say Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope because I loved the first game so very much. But unfortunately, I did not get my hands on it because I just doubt the Switch now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, can you? Like, because I've seen Bayonetta 3 and everybody's like, Joe, this game is so good. I'm like, but the frame rate, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I I get nervous about these things now. So for me, it it really comes down to there's three games here, right? Like Pentiment, again, I haven't played, but I've heard amazing things. I want to give love to Immortality as well, which is Mm. something where it feels like you are the editor of a story that is happening and you're piecing it together. Um, in it's such my a, biggest regret in 2022 that I did not play Immortality yet. That it that is in such a way that it's it's so powerful. So it it is it is on my sh- on my shelf of shame as well. But I want to give those games some shout out as well. Kirby and the Forgotten Land doesn't get that shout out because of Sean Capri, and I want everybody to blame him. 
for that. <laughs> but I, uh, the, the love goes to Vampire Survivors because, again, there's no way I can describe it to you guys on a podcast where it makes sense. But it is absolutely, and I'm not kidding you guys here, one of my favorite games of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't know why. It just is. Yeah. But there you have it. And now let's see what the audience voted for. And again, big shout out to Lord Cognito and Kevin Ainsworth over from Save the Game Media and the Iron Lords. Uh, you know, y- y'all are fantastic. Thank you for taking the, your time out of your day. Talk about your favorite non-PlayStation game. But the audience has decided, Kyle. And the audience has decreed it as well. Okay. The winner here, by only 3% of the vote, it was a bloodbath. Ooh. Was drum roll, please. <laughs> Vampire Survivor. Everybody yeah. clap. Everybody clap. Everybody clap. Everybody clap. Gosh dang, Vampire Survivors. Ooh, so good, so good. That onion and Bible combo. Cog's right, man. Unstoppable. I come on. All right, Kyle. The next category is one that I feel like every year is always stacked. It is always just also incredibly competitive Mm -hmm. and gets better year in, year out. And that is best performance by a female. Ladies coming in, representing, and kicking ass. Yep. This year especially, oh my God, let's talk about it. Ashley Birch as Aloy from Horizon Forbidden West is our first nominee, followed by Danielle Biscuti, played by, I'm oh, sorry, Freya uh, from God of War Ragnarok. Charlotte McBurney, who played Amicia in Plague Tale Requiem. Zoe, played by Erica Luttrell on, in Horizon Forbidden West. And uh, Layla DeLeon uh, Hayes as Anger Boda. And Kyle. Out of all these performances here tonight. Yeah. Or today, depending on when you're listening. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's uh, who's taking it for you? Oh, man, I, I hate I hate debating these. I know. these are so good. good. Um, and also you'll you'll see when we we do the other best performance category. Some games had a lot of great performances more yeah. than others. Um, I do want to highlight the fact that we have two. Supporting characters in here, yeah, in Angraboda and Zoe, um, Angraboda, God of War, Zoe from Horizon, because both of those characters are such a big part of the main story. Yes, and the only reason why they are memorable is because of Erica's portrayal of Zoe and Leia's portrayal of Angraboda. Yeah, um, Zoe is so much of the heart of Horizon for a lot of that. she's fantastic um same with leia and angraboda my vote here goes to and i love ashley birch i love aloy oh it's freya danielle basuti yeah Uh, just just freya's arc seeing like the game opens this is not a spoiler this is how ragnarok opens we saw it in the trailer yeah it it opens with Freya chasing you down because she is so angry of what happened years ago yeah. 
in 2018, in both in game and real time. Um, and just her vengeance and her struggle with it and her struggle with her relationship with Kratos and Atreus is just, it's a journey that I'm happy we got with Freya. It is such an amazing performance because you're looking at a character of how they're dealing with loss. A lot of characters deal with loss, but hers is, is how she's coming to grips with it. Um, and at least the way I saw it is, is how is that letting her, how is it letting her it define her? Um, and how is she going to either hang on to it or let it go? Um, and her journey, I can't say without spoilers, is one of, one of my favorites to see from a supporting character, um, Freya's arc is just incredible. And there is, there is a scene that we all think about, you know, those of whom who have completed it with her. And I just thought after that scene of just like, what type of mental anguish did you have to go to reach, to reach there? Like to, to, to get that deep down inside and to, show it to us the, the reason why i love danielle's performance so much is most of the time of things that she's not saying yeah and the way that she is acting and the way the mocap captured her every feeling in her face and body language and that you learn so much of what is not as said through freya mm-hmm. that just makes me love that character so much more in ragnarok and the one thing that i gotta give up to danielle um is the eye work that she's doing. And also, yeah, the mocap team as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is, it is, it's something that I've seen more and more, um, that the intensity of a performance, you know, I think of that of like Homelander. The reason why I, I love his, his performance as this evil character is the intensity of his eyes. Yep. Right. When, when he's conveying something, it's, it's not just, you know the mouth movement or cheek movement or or chin or or whatever have you it's it's all in in the subtle just tweak of an eye that tells you something and danielle's captured you know mocap uh capture team just hit it out of the park because her emoting every ounce of it is just captured here again it it takes a a whole amount of pain to get i think a performance that Danielle got here and um, is it is truly one of my favorites of all yeah. time. She yeah. crushed it. And you could tell too how much she loved this character and how much this role meant to her. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic. Just fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That said, congratulations, Danielle. And congratulations. Did the audience side with us? To the Gao team because, yes, the audience as well. Decided Sweet. with us. This was one in, in every year. It becomes more and more um, contentious. This one was a really close race. And I love to see people really, you know, take part in, in the performance uh, categories more and more each and every year. So, yeah. Yeah. Y'all, and, and y'all did it. I, before we move on, the, the one performance that we didn't talk about or mention mm-hmm. uh, Charlotte McBurney for uh, Amicia mm-hmm. just 
I didn't see enough of that in this game, mm-hmm. but knowing of me just finishing the first game, I know just how talented Charlotte is. I know Amicia is a super strong character. So Kevin, don't come after us, please. <laughs> uh, Kevin, number one. Stand. Yeah, I know how good that performance too. is going to be. I just yeah. played a scene in Requiem where I'm like, oh my God, it's one of those moments where without dialogue, you and got the it. Mo-cap, I got what was going on. Yeah. So, Stacked categories, stacked, for sure. Stacked, yeah. And with us to talk about best male performance is our good friend, Khalif Adams, over from Spawn On Me. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Excited to be rocking with y'all. It has been entirely too long. Yes. Uh, Agreed. But, but, you know, you, you come through when you get a chance to come through. I'm, I'm rocking and I'm excited. Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited to have you, man, because, listen, this... This category is stacked, and I think, you know, before we even thought of this, you know, nomination list of folks, there was one game in particular where it's just like, this is, I feel like this is the God of War Ragnarok category. <laughs> and when we made it, uh, we really felt like this is the, this is the God of War Ragnarok category. So, you know. With that said, here's the nominees for Best Male Performance. We have, first and foremost, uh, Mr. Christopher Drudge as Kratos. We have Sonny Soljic as Atreus. We have Nashir uh, Dalal as Katalo. We have Adam J. Harrington as Sindri. And we have Richard Shift as Odin. A stacked mm. list of phenomenal uh, voice work Uh Khalif, I'm going to go over to you first. Is there anyone either on this list or maybe not on this list that you'd like to spotlight or highlight? And overall, who is the actor that kind of stole it for you this year? It's funny because I think that they were all there. I mean, this year was just fantastic in terms of performances. I think a lot of people, you know, usually kind of think about the biggest games of the year and think about, you know, who was in those and who kind of landed the the plane. Well, I think one person who I think actually, I, when I recall back a really good experience that I had in the narrative space, I do think of modern warfare two in a, in an interesting way. I think that the story in modern warfare two was actually really, really good this year. Um, and one of the standouts was Valeria Garza who played uh, Maria uh, in that in that uh, game, I think Maria, if I recall correctly, was the big baddie in that in that game for yep. one of the factions that was in it. And the performance that she landed was brilliant, 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 brilliant. So as a as a person who wasn't on the list, who I think might have deserved a little bit of love, uh, I would give it to her. Yeah. Um, but I think the person that I would pick definitely has to be the the man, the myth, the legend. The, the master of the acceptance speech, Christopher Judge, uh, who, who, again, like I think one of the conversations that we see across the, the, the landscape is, can you elevate a character that you've been known for for a long time into a new kind of space? And I think not only in the way that uh, Sony Santa Monica wrote Kratos for this next uh, uh, you know, part of the God of War story, but you, the the thing that I loved about his performance was that it was so nuanced this time. It yeah. was very, very the inflections in his voice and the way that he showed, you know, a characteristics of a, of a of a character that we don't necessarily associate with Kratos of tenderness and 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 uh, nuance and and patience and all of that stuff through 
this character who we've known to be a god killer and to be super uh uh um uh you know i'm just gonna do whatever i want to do in every moment that i want to do it to show restraint through that character christopher judge like really pulled together a really fantastic performance in a way that i just didn't think he was going to be able to to really get across the the table like i it's not like me me saying i don't think christopher judge was able to do it but i just yeah. didn't think that character had it in it to be able to be pulled out from another actor in that way so christopher judge nailed it i think he did a fantastic job as kratos in, in ragnarok I, I i can't help but agree with you kyle what say you mm-hmm. out of all the list right here yeah i mean it's a stacked category for sure um I I, I, will, I do want to highlight uh, uh, Ryan Hurst who played Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that we struggled including in this Your uh, category. Yeah, my doppelganger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it was tough. Uh, obviously, we have out of the five, we have four from God of War, so we wanted to limit it a little bit more. Yeah. But I think Thor, his Thor was fantastic. Um, Richard Skiff it might be one of the best villains of the year or of recent time odin is a smarmy mob boss mafia just like the the kratos that we could have seen if we didn't get the reboot yeah he was very much like kratos of old in this game um i'm happy we included katalu uh because out of all the horizon from midwest characters i think his is the most emotional one and i felt for him in his arc and just how stoic he is, but still breaking through because of Aloy. Yeah, conveying that and, emotion. And, and I think exactly. I think yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sindri, I think, stole the show in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was a number two of this a runner up, I'd give it to Adam. Okay. Um I mean, especially no spoilers for the game, obviously, but the last third of Sindri's arc is just phenomenal. It's incredible. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um Funny enough, I think Sunny might be the weakest out of the five. Oh, same. I agree. Yeah. Mm. Um, he has his moments, but I think, I think him and Christopher Judge, those moments were great. Yeah. But I think anything outside of that was a little, little. There iffy, were but. two really good moments with him, and it's the, the scenes that people, um, have issue with the most like the anger boda sections with him are mm-hmm. are are sunny i think at his best um sure absolutely yeah and of course the be- the beginning as well um yeah, yeah. Ones, but but like well, what you're saying Kai, about christopher judge like the kratos we all know even before 2018 not a good character really right Right. Um and and he took what he did in 2018 and just expanded on it and we we it didn't seem like a new redo of the character in Ragnarok. It felt like a natural progression from 2018 to what we saw in, in the, this year's game and just like you said the nuance the s- small little subtle things that he was doing the 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 voice cracks the holding back when to be mm-hmm. anger angry with his voice I think was great. The restraint he 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 used one of the best performances in any video game ever um in Ragnarok for sure. Yeah. Um I I it goes without saying I think this one is it's Christopher Drudge is is Kratos. Uh I do want to shout out, you know, Adam J Harrington as Sindri uh because Sindri's arc in this game is truly uh, one I I I sympathize with tremendously mm-hmm. and he is mm-hmm. just a 
such a well fleshed out character that is given more because of of Adam's performance. Um, Richard Shift as well. Like I, I I I keep on thinking of him in the West Wing, and now it's like, yeah, you're Odin. <laughs> I I get it. And to make that transition is something else, but like. Christopher Judge, man, uh, took a took a character in 2018 where I felt like he had to prove something in that role, and that character mm-hmm. had to prove as as well. So it, he was really brought to the forefront. Where in Ragnarok, I feel like Christopher Judge does something pretty pretty great, which is like plays a good supporting role as well. You know, Kratos is not always the forefront of the story, and he doesn't have to be. And so to see him play along and not just have to be the lead is mm-hmm. and just kill it and help elevate the other performances is is just something to 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 just I don't, I don't know yeah. just take it. I mean the the Freya and Kratos stuff are phenomenal. It's not, and it's not even that. It's like a, the dinner table stuff too is just yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's so good. And the and the humor, oh. right? Like the, I don't need a don't snack. Need snacks. <laughs> That's right. Like the little interjection of that is a fantastic game as bar well. will do fine. Um, but, he's like, he's like, I like that joke. I was like, yeah, oh, that's yeah. so great. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. That was, it was so, it was so good. And, you know, as, as someone who almost lost their father last month and playing with that theme throughout this whole entire game, there are several moments of just like, he captured it. Uh, I, I I saw him, you know, t- you know, say on Twitter something about, you know, having a father that was, you know, estranged for fourteen plus years and not having that moment. And I felt like that this performance was very much that was that that send off. Um, and you can you can tell, you know, he Christopher Judge made a character that I never liked ever. Um, mm. not just one that I loved, but one that I feel like from 2018 to Ragnarok is, it is the best hero arc in a video game that I have experienced. Cause not only did I sympathize or rooted for him, but, um, it was just the portrayal of that executed to a T. So, you know, from the writers to the animation work to, to, to Christopher Judge's performance, man, it was, it was in, incredible yeah so and it was really cool because he had so many really great actors to work off of yeah and i I think even a person who we didn't give some love to deborah ann wall who played Faye, yes really fantastic too because there are some really interesting segments there of those are some of the most poignant places where you really got to understand where all of this motivation was coming from for him for all of these games was like oh we finally flesh out the one character who is the actual motivation for all of this murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Which is wild, right? Cause like she never really got a chance to be a part of that story. It was always the, you know, the, the foil for the story, but never got a chance to actually like see, you know, and, and hear her story through her voice. Yeah. So Deborah Ann Wall too was, mm-hmm. was brilliant. Who I remember from the daredevil series yep. on Netflix yeah. and things yep. like that. But uh, and all the D and D stuff that she's done, but it's that was also like give a nod to to, to Deborah for absolutely for that too, yeah. who really yeah. killed it. Yeah, and I, I think those scenes in particular also help Christopher Judge's case for winning because he had to play as old Kratos. Yeah, yep. In those things, and he had to channel the one before the boy. You know, like that's mm-hmm. 
that's really hard i i would imagine to do um yeah phenomenal all the way around phenomenal well listen that's our pick for best performance now we're going to take it away to the nominees but before we do thank you so much Kyle, for joining us today my man thank you thank you for having me again uh, i love what you're all doing here it's so fun to see you all kind of breaking it down in this way uh and of course anytime you want me i'm down to rock you know how it goes sweet let's do it and now let's see who wins and before we tell you the audience pick for best performance by a male actor, I want to give a huge shout out to Khalif and Spawn on Me. They're having their Spawnies on January 30th. And you all should just check out Spawn on Me in general because Khalif is just such an amazing voice in video games and just gives me almost on a weekly basis, a different perspective that I didn't know existed in video games. And he yeah. just says it so eloquently. Um, it's, it's he's phenomenal. So thank yeah. you so much. And Kyle. the spot is just in general, a huge, uh, uh, inspiration for this award show as well. Absolutely. And everything yeah. we do. Jeez Louise, yep. the man's influential. That said the winner here, Kyle, we all said Christopher judge. I mean, it was standout and the audience yeah. agreed. <laughs> Let me tell yeah. you something. Hey, Christopher judge, man. Um, Wow. I, That's really all you, you you can say. Yeah. And now it's time for the most anticipated non-PlayStation exclusive game. Now, I want to just talk about the rules of this category. It's a game that is on Nintendo, a game that is on Xbox, or a game that's on PC, but it will not come to PlayStation or has not gotten a, a release on PlayStation as of yet. So with that said, to join us to get excited for things that may possibly just be non-PlayStation, it's a good friend, Joey Ferris. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you all doing this fine afternoon? I'm doing fantastic. Because, you know, yeah. here in the Trophy Room, we like to celebrate PlayStation. It's our favorite place to play. But every so often, I like to just stretch our wings out and fly a little bit. You know, talk about some other things that... Get us excited that just may not be PlayStation related, you know? It seems very it, true. Seems yeah. rational. Sometimes I hold an Xbox controller and go, you know what? Maybe these analog sticks are in the right place. I'm not saying they are. <laughs> sometimes well, you're crosses. you're you're on thin ice, Sergio. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so with that said, let's talk about the nominees for best or most anticipated non PlayStation exclusive game. Number one, Redfall. Number two. Mm -hmm. Mina the Hollower. Number three, a little indie by the name of Zelda Tears of a Kingdom. Number four, Starfield, The Case of Benedict Fox, and Replaced. So, Joey. Wow. What uh, a list. What a list. Got some indies in here. Got some big AAA games. Rumors, speculations about all these games. Uh, is there anyone that's not on this list that you'd like to spotlight? And then afterwards, what is a game on this list that you're most anticipated towards or for it's tough because you know now everything feels like it's multi-platform now even yeah. the, even the playstation games are coming to pc what's going on there i know it's confusing but, time. um yeah but this game that i'm really excited for um it's it's it is coming to playstation it's not my most anticipated but it's a game that i have been waiting for 
since I was 15 years old. And if you don't know how old I am, I'm 47. I'm just Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Ains Uh, wishes he was that old. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But um, the game I'm really excited for, but we know nothing about right now, uh, is Alan Wake 2. Um, My goodness. I've been waiting for to see those two, those three words, Alan Wake and a number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, since since I was 15 years old, so for like 13 years, and it was revealed at the Game Awards 2021, and it's about dang time. Okay. Have any of you played Alan Wake or Alan Wake Remastered? At least I never finished it. I started the remaster. I got about halfway through. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, this is just a me problem. Can't get over the product placement in that. First game. <laughs> <laughs> it takes me out every time. <laughs> oh, it was even worse. In I know. The oh, let me, oh, we're picking up Energizer batteries. Okay, cool. <laughs> Next to my Toyota, whatever. I gotta drink Fanta to get health. What, what, like how? That's the level of product placement, <laughs> bro. He he. Put, there's a scene where he pulls out his phone. It's just like oh, and the camera just like zooms in on the Verizon yeah. logo. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, That's my God. So but Kojima, we give it a pass because it's Monster Energy. Exactly. <laughs> that, that Not anymore, fair, though. Yeah. Rest in peace. But, I got, yeah. you know, I, I would love, I would love in Alan Wake 2, he's like, don't you want to? And then he just breaks out a <laughs> grape Fanta. Fanta, Fanta. You are you when you're hungry. And then he breaks out a Snickers. <laughs> the monster dwells in you when you're hungry. <laughs> Have a Snickers. <laughs> but, yeah, this is all. Alan Wake 2 is part of the glorious return to the survival horror genre starring third-person shooters starring white people, white dudes. Right. So I'm really just thrilled to get back into that universe. Yeah. And yeah. it's going to be more survival horror this time than the first game was. So really cool stuff. But yeah. let's talk most anticipated. Let's talk about it. Uh, you all know I'm a Nintendo fan, right? Hardcore? Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just, a little bit just slightly. Just slightly. Gonna, don't talk about Motroid. You're not allowed. Yeah, <laughs> no, <I> right? <laughs> if only we knew if that was coming out this if year, only but I can't knew, talk dude. about it. If only if we only knew, knew. I'd be so and we barely know. We barely know anything about Nintendo's year. Yeah. All we know is is there's Fire Emblem, which I don't care about. Kirby, another Kirby remake. <sighs> uh, Bayonetta Origins. Um, Pikmin 4. And, you know... I gotta talk about Zelda. Let's, Let's talk about Zelda. Let's do give it, it. Give it the love it deserves. The internet tells me it deserves. I I just wish we knew more about this game because even though it is like my most anticipated right now this year, at least most anticipated non PlayStation game, mm-hmm. I'm frustrated that there's just so little we know about it. Yeah. Like we've se- every time it's a new trailer, it's just like oh, it's a minute long. Here's Link running and gliding. There, there's the game like wait until a zelda direct um right now i'm replaying breath of the wild to just you know get 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 more excited for it get um get, get, the get a refresher back. get the feelings back get the refresher on how yeah. this game is and and just uh yeah and i know i want to think that they have something big planned for this game that we know, we don't know what it is and we can't possibly predict what it is and then it's going to be revealed in a trailer in a direct Sometime before that May release date, because like one of the things that I've seen, and I'm 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 happy you kind of touch on this, is it's like it, the world is obviously like fractured. Like there's like these like it kind of looks like Hala from from World of Warcraft. I don't know if you know that burning nice. Ages. Um, where you got these like floating mountains in the air, like Avatar kids. You know that reference? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, I got that one. And yeah. like he's gliding on downward. Like I want to see how that works in this game. But you're right. So many people are so excited for this game, and I have yet to see why. 
And mm-hmm. I, do you think that Nintendo is going to give us like that? Here, here's the why. And what do you think that hook is is going to be? That's the thing. I don't know, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so confusing because it's going to be set in the same Hyrule, but there's yeah. now there's floating islands in the sky now. Yeah. Is that all? Is that it? That can't be it. That, that that just can't be it. That's just not. I'm gonna be blunt. That's not enough. Mm. And that's why, like, even though it is like, because you know it's Zelda, you yeah. you can't help but get excited for a Zelda game. Can't and that's that's kind of where people are at with this. It's just like, oh, I know nothing about this game, but it's it's Zelda. It's like continuing what Breath of the Wild started. It's gonna be great, and I'm sure it's going to be great. Okay. But man, oh man, my excitement levels need to be higher they're hot they're like i'd say they're about medium right now but i think nintendo is going to they're going to give of course they're going to give us the rundown they they can't not give us the rundown i think they might still like they're not going to show everything and i don't think there's any possible way they can show everything because that game is going to be so freaking huge anyway do you think it's going to be on a new switch too what do you think absolutely not Damn it. <laughs> there, there, there's no chance and people i hate it when people tell me that like that oh it's gonna be on the new switch it's just like we're four five months away from launch there, that's not gonna happen y'all makes me sad, like put though. it to bed makes me sad maybe but you know what joseph after this game comes out we're, we're gonna start it's we're going to start seeing a change in the winds at mm. nintendo they're okay. gonna that's when they're gonna start preparing to launch their next system maybe not this year may most likely next year but um from what i've heard like from journalists on twitter they've said like they, they've of course take all this with a grain of salt yeah. but they spe- either they speculate or they've heard like this is basically the quote-unquote last switch game or last this big is, this is the game. swan song the the god of war 2 to ps2 type of thing Pretty much, yeah. Right. And I, but you know, we still got Pikmin Four after That's that. True. But you know, to compare that to Zelda, not a big deal. Even <laughs> though it is a big deal for a lot of us, it's not going to sell as much as Zelda at all. And the game of a generation, you know, Goldeneye. Now, exactly. Kyle, <laughs> I, br- I bring this over to you. Why is Starfield your must-have, most anticipated? God Howard put. T- 12,000 planets in I this universe. I have not once said any of those words in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like this, <laughs> you're a big, you, you, when you say Todd Howard, you go, God Howard. Holy be thy I, name. I, thy I go kingdom to church come. specifically in Skyrim every Sunday at yep. 9 a.m. Skyrim will never be done on Earth as it is in Morrowind. <laughs> Give us this day, our daily fallout. Keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> and forgive those. Who trust past seventy sixes? Yeah, who seventy six us? As we forgive those who seventy six against us, <laughs> and what let us I not fall into, into the temptation yeah, of yeah. blowing up Nuketown. Amen. Oh, I love it. It's great. It's great. <laughs> Isn't Nuketown uh, a Black Ops thing? Anyway, uh, oh, is it? Would, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Fallout. What's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, Starfield is not my most anticipated. Um, I'm actually going, I'm bouncing between the indies here. Ooh. Um, nothing against Zelda. I'm just not a Zelda fan. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've played more than. Zelda has plenty of fans. You're good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They don't need one more. Um, <laughs> I am intrigued by Redfall. Very intrigued by Redfall. Um, but after Deathloop didn't hit me the way that I thought it would. Okay. Uh, 
I'm not super excited about that. But when mm-hmm. it comes to Mina the Hollower, last case of better to Fox and replace, it is one of those three. Mina is a love letter to Game Boy games that I love, and it's a platformer. Love me a good platformer. Sure. Benedict Fox is a, a really cool Metroidvania s thing where you're trying to solve these weird Lovecraftian horror mystery things. I mean, that looks amazing. Mm-hmm. My pick here is Replaced. Yeah, there you can't you can't not look at Replace and and just be in awe of what they're pulling off in a pixel art style, like the lighting alone, the 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 camera angles, the the action, the music. It just hits every single note. And I am so, so, so excited to play Replace. So that's easily my vote here. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I love it. I, you know, listen, Mr. Indie at his heart can't shy away from it. I respect yeah. it. Uh, for <laughs> me, I can't, like, I'm, ex- where am I with Zelda? I'm going to get it. But I'm kind of yes. like with Joey here where it's just like, you know, I want to see why I need to get excited for it more. I think maybe with, again, a floating mountains in the sky and with Breath of the Wild being the thing of like, you see that thing, you could go to it. Maybe they're, they're upping the ante there of like grapple hooks, baby. We're doing Didn't it. Didn't God Howard say that? Didn't, <laughs> he did. He did, did he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's like, every single mountain is, is handcrafted. What? At the top of the very highest mountain in the sky yeah. in, in, in Tears of the Kingdom. If I got that's where that's where Link gets <laughs> his invitation to smash. Oh that's what this game is all about. No, 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 no. Here's what happens. It's <laughs> another it's another Korok seed. <laughs> Boom. Bam, that's here's it. another piece of poop. All right. Yes. So it comes down to two games for me, right? Starfield and Redfall. And I've been I, I've been pretty adamant here in saying there's nothing from Starfield that I've seen that has impressed me in terms yeah. of like when I see I when I see this game I do and I can't help myself but to see Fallout in space and maybe it's just the vertical slice that they gave me but I just got a lot of No Man's Sky uh, vibes and I got a lot of Fallout vibes and I'm like okay that's the game they're going for. This is probably not for me, but no disrespect to anybody that this is your jam. Get get hyped. Uh, it is cool. Like the the art style is unique. It's something that we haven't really seen much in games. But other than that, there's nothing that speaks to me. When it comes to Redfall, though, Redfall is made by a team to me that just doesn't know how to miss. Like I, you know, I think the two three studios that I'm most envious that Xbox now has probably would be obsidian ninja theory and then arcane arcane what they're able to do with level design in their games and just toy around with those concepts um is nothing short than you know extraordinary um i I just made up a word because my lisp nonetheless (laughs) (laughs) um you know seeing what they've done with games like prey what they've been able to do with dishonored knowing that how you interact with your environment is going to change that environment or how you play i want to see how that is implemented in redfall so i loved Deathloop. i think it's a, a great title and i respected uh, pray for what it was trying to achieve. And I just love, 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 love the Dishonored series. So for me, knowing that I'm going to have a chance to be playing a game from this team in a cooperative open world, uh, that has me the most excited 
coming out of Xbox in in 2023 with some cool characters too. Oh, the characters absolutely. Characters in Redfall are really really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There there was an I think there was an interview with the devs recently, didn't they say it was going to be they like compared it to like I don't know Stalker and another open world yeah. game. They're I like what? Yeah, I, f- I forget what game they're like. I know a lot of people are throwing this at us, but it's more like yes, yeah, like Stalker meets like Far Cry and I'm like, "Ooh, it's like Ooh. that's their what they're going to try to 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 tackle." I'm like, "I want to see how you change things up so mm-hmm. that said that is our picks for most anticipated non-playstation game it's time for to hear your voice and what you think is the most anticipated non-playstation game let's hear it and i want to thank a uh, sorry give a big thank you to joey over from game explain uh thank you so much and now the audience pick kyle why is everybody so gosh dang excited for Zelda Tears of a Kingdom, man? I don't know. Is it Tears? Is it Tears? I don't know. Kyle, okay. we've been doing this for like three hours now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time's an enigma. But also, it very well could be Tears. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Know. Who, know, who knows? Legend, Legend of Zelda, though. It <laughs> just shows how important uh, this game's legacy has on people. By just seeing the title alone and a few trailers here or there, Short snippets. Zelda. Yeah. That's it. People yep. are in. People are on board. Gets the people going. Gets the people going. <laughs> and joining us to talk about their most anticipated game of 2023, our good friend Kevin from PlayStation good, Source. How are you, how are sir? We? You know what I'm saying? What's good? It oh, we're, approach- we're approaching the biggest yes, one sir. here. We're approaching the big one yes, tonight, sir. which is Game of the Year. Oh, hey, who, who knows who can win? But what I'm what I'm more really anticipating is the games this year. Everybody's think. getting me hyped for 2023. <laughs> ah, see, I know I'm so good. Uh, you know, there's so many amazing games coming out this year, and there's always like the question, like, what's going to be the game of the year next year? I have there is no idea. There is no Elden Ring on the horizon. There's just a whole bunch of just Indeed. greatness is waiting. So that said. For the most anticipated game of 2023, the nominees are Spider-Man 2, Final Fantasy 16, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, Dead Space Remake, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Jedi, sorry, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Diablo 4, and Lies of P. So, Kev, I throw this over to you, sir. There's a lot of Final Fantasy love. There is. And that you have as well. It's true. And so before we even start, is there anything you'd like to highlight, maybe uh, one that that missed this list that you want to show some love to before you say what your most anticipated game of 2020 is? It would just be very disingenuous of me, right? Like if, if, you know, for like those that know me, like like, like those that know like how crack obsessed I am with Final Fantasy VII, right? To not bring up the, uh, the at least sheer potential or chance that Final Fantasy VII Rebirth could actually Mm -hmm. make that date. In the winter of 2023, you know, I struggled not, with that too, Kev, with yeah. whether or not to include on this list. Absolutely, which I, I get not having it. You know, I, I definitely get it. I thought it was honestly a miracle that Crisis Core was able to come out and not get delayed, right? And like they stuck to that date of winter 2022. Yeah. You know, well, not date, but general region of it. You know, and it being in December of 2022 and all that. So that gives me perhaps they could maybe do that here with rebirth right but once again that's definitely far and away mm. the game i'm looking for for sure right but if we're talking about 
things that are already confirmed. Another one that's that has not been confirmed yet. Want to give a quick shout out to Last of Us multiplayer factions too, yeah. whatever you want to call it. You know, we'll see what happens with that. It's looking pretty dire out here. You know what I'm saying? We got Let's concept see. art shots of that, but you know, <laughs> it's looking pretty dire. But other than that, um, out of this list, it's a po- pretty colorful indeed. boat that we got. You know, that's a good picture of a boat. Ocean, you know, San Francisco. Yeah. A lot of rooms yeah. to scavenge in. Yeah. A lot of right. decay, you know. Yeah. A lot looking of cool. Yeah. Looking cool, looking cool. But um, yeah. in terms of the list, there's a few that, you know, I have no really inkling towards. Um, Liza P, interesting premise. I don't think I'm going to get into that personally. Diablo 4, never been my jam. Okay. Um, yeah, what? never never played the Diablo, you know. Not like I think it's bad, but just 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 have makes most. No, I, I, um, I, 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 I respect. Major excitement for Dead Space and Resident Evil Four. Those are both games that I never played before. Excited to play the the remakes yes. of that for sure this year. So definitely on that. Um, Jedi Survivor looking great. Looking to be something that's going to build upon what we got before. Very excited for that as well. Big You're Star a huge fan, Star so. Wars fan. Yeah, as, definitely, as much definitely as excited I. for that. Excited to see where we go. We have some things. I don't know if you 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 saw some videos. You know, say, but you know, we mm. got some High Republic era oh, yeah. clothes on a like that's that's yep. interesting. Very very intrigued for that. Cannot wait for that. Yeah, Suicide Squad. You know, we're like we're like three four months away. Oh. No gameplay oh. showing. A little bit a little bit worried about that, but we'll see. You know. Okay. You're and concerned. then we're down to the, All right, that's to the final two. <laughs> All right, <laughs> got the final two going. Final Fantasy yeah. sixteen looks great. It looks incredible. It looks incredible. Looks great. Every every trailer, I'm sold more. It looks and more absolutely on this game. Right? But my only hang up is that I'm still gonna play it. But I'm not historically okay. someone that is a fan of high fantasy type of IP. Right. Oh. Never seen Game of Thrones. Not my jam. Lord of okay. the Rings. Harry Potter's not my thing. Right. So. Really? We're going to see if this is going to be the one that is going to be able to allow me to enjoy something of that genre, you know, of that of that ilk, right? And that right. gameplay looks phenomenal. Can I, so yeah. I'm definitely playing 16 Day 1, but my most anticipated game, just overall, you know, Spider-Man Tell me, about, what are we it. Tell me about, about it. You know what I'm saying? We got, we got a – listen, oh we not God. only have Peter, right, having to deal with Venom. All this yeah. we have Craven the uh, the manhunter. It's manhunter. I think, oh, it's I think it's hunter. the hunter. Yeah. I'm giving you some Martian manhunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you're mm-hmm. Craven the hunter. You know Martian, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. In the VO, in that in that little sneak peek that we got around. A that year just ago? sneak peek. Yeah, that was the only trailer we've ever seen. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, also that. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't. Hurt Remember me when like we this. were all watching that and we all freaked out because we thought it was infamous? Or yes. Was that just me? Oh Absolutely. my god! Like, guys, yeah. Oh man, I was going crazy. That was crazy. That was crazy. But uh, yeah. we have a Peter having to deal with that. He's seemingly back with MJ, you know, from lore stuff and all that. We have Miles coming into his own as Spider-Man, right? His yeah. own specific Spider-Man that he's recognized in that way as well. That That's going to be really cool to see how he grows from that and um, how they both tackle whatever's next in their story, right? Um, Venom involved, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's definitely po- – and I think this is going to be – a very important game this year. Like Spider-Man's obviously big, you know, we all, but like the way Spider-Man on PS4 blew up, you know, and with him being, being included in across the Spider-Verse. Right. And, and we're going to see all that all unfolds. Like I think Spider-Man too. And I think it's on the knows and they've proven that, Hey, like 
we're we're gonna bring the goods. They're, yeah, they're competent. Yeah. They can. We're do gonna bring this. the goods, and I, yeah. I'm just really curious to see how they level it up. You know, I have hopes yeah. and suspicions that could there be some sort of co-op component, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that it'll be like sure the main story you have to play in co-op. I don't think that will be it, but to have like these separate missions on the main map where you go into an online version of it, right? Or you go online, right? And you're able to play as Peter and Miles co-op with a buddy and do these, you know, just missions as Spider-Man, right? Whether you're sneaking in, whether you're, yeah, right? So sure. just the potential the, of it. The, yeah. the, the sky's, yeah. yeah, the sky's the limit of like, that. that's the one thing of, is like, how are you going to incorporate not just mm-hmm. Miles, into this game but how are you going to incorporate mm-hmm. the symbiote like that's the other thing too is like how how is that playing a role like it as are you just playing as peter black suit spider-man or are you going to then at one point in time switch to venom like no matter what that symbiote changes the way that that game is going to be played and the perspective of what you're going to view these characters and there's going to be a part where peter has to take off that 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 suit and that gameplay component still has to be alive somehow. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That's how I'm seeing it in in my head. So to me, the sky's the limit with Spider-Man. And the reason why I'm not, it's not my most anticipated game this year is that I know this game's going to be golden. Like I know, like Insomniac, I don't have a doubt in my mind that they, that they don't have this thing on lock. Right. To me, there's something about a most anticipated thing of just like, this could be huge. This could be a letdown. Like the possibilities. Now that I know what Spider-Man is or, or, or how, you know, Somniac's going to work uh, at a Spider-Man game, the possibilities for me of mm. Diablo 4 is, is, is what excites me because this is a team that's been you know, this game's been in development hell for a long time. This has been trying to find its own vision, its own take. You know, things got a little bit too, quote unquote, like blizzardy, right? Things just started to look, oh, that's a blizzard title. And I feel like with Diablo 3, it kind of started losing its soul a little bit. And when even World of Warcraft started to dive into that art style as as well with some of its expansions, um, seeing Diablo come back to form of what we've seen it being now it being this huge open world there's so many possibilities and changes um that have been implemented here that i'm really excited to see i have a lot of faith in rod ferguson i feel like he is you know as a gears of war fan and i know this is a playstation show but he did a fantastic job with gears of war 4 that was like you know the equivalent to force awakens for me of just like they understood the assignment i feel like rod understands what makes the core of something special and bringing it back to its roots um or, or what the core components are and that's why diablo 4 man i shared that trailer with everybody i know it's a cinematic it's not representative but like it's been so long since like a cinematic has gotten me truly hyped where I was showing everybody this thing. Like, look at how just metal this looks. Because it's just giving me the vibe of what Diablo is. It's a similar vibe of what Doom is, right? Doom is like, when you think of like demons and devils, it's scaring the shit out of you. But no, Doom just switches that up and goes, you're so badass, these things, that, that, that the monsters under your bed are scared of you. It's like, oh, God, it's... 
it's 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 like the Warshack line. Like, I'm not in here with you. You're in here with me. Like, oh, my God, that's what Diablo 4 is. So for me, Diablo 4, there's so much on the line here um, that I can't help but to root for them. So, Kyle, I, I pass the ball to yeah. you, like you um, would say. I, you know, I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. I'm excited yes, for 16. I can't get over yeah. feeling a little bit of unease about uh-huh. that icon battle stuff that we've seen. Something about that is just not okay. clicking with me, and I feel like that's going to be a major part of this game. And that brings it down a little bit. Mm. Um, Spider-Man 2, like Joe, you said, it's it's going to be gold. Kev talking about it just makes me so hyped for it. And also the fact that like it makes me amped. there's still a Harry Osborne factor after the first game ends. Yep. Like, how's that going to yep. tie yes. in? And, and that you- big thread. Yeah, I mean, like Green like, Goblin, Hobgoblin, get like another that, like Sinister Six kind of just group of villains. Quote unquote, man. And also, right. like, I would love, love, love if they implemented a GTA Five hop between character kind of thing, mm. like wherever they are oh. in the city. Oh, yes, just be like, oh, hop okay. to Miles, and he's swinging yes. around like doing crimes in his part of the neighborhood, and like, yeah, <laughs> he needs stopping crimes. That's why I meant. <laughs> also, just. Yeah. He's stealing from an old lady. Oh, take a cat. <laughs> Give me your cat. It's mine. <laughs> also, just one quick aside about Spider-Man while we're on the topic still. But, like, how are yeah. they going to expand the city? Right? Because I yeah. doubt we're just going to be in Manhattan again. Like, yeah. I, I don't think they could do that. But, like, mm. how are they going to, you know, do we, do we bring in Queens? How are they going to make Brooklyn? it like, yeah. bigger? What are we do? That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Maybe Hoboken, yeah. Jersey City. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, it's Jersey ex- City. That's why nobody. I'm, liked a, I'm excited for both remakes <laughs> for City. sure. The Dead Space and RE4. Yeah. Um, you know, Star Wars, Jedi, Fallen Order is fantastic. All that jazz. Absolutely. Uh, but like, I'm a Rocksteady stan. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love Rocksteady. Uh, okay. They are. Uh, I think my equivalent to FromSoft as Joe is with with those games. Um, and yeah. while the the quote unquote games as service, which they might have walked back, I can't remember. Um, the 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 shooting aspect of this game and, and the character picking between characters makes me a little nervous. I know that Rocksteady knows how to build the world and fill it with. Yeah. the most uh, uh, um, insane amount of detail. And I know that they know these characters. I know that they know this universe. And how can I not root for the last Kevin Conroy is Batman? Um, so, like, yeah. I cannot wait for May to come around or around my birthday to play this game and uh, hopefully just revel in, in another, like, mainline huge Rock City game. Yeah. No matter what, there's a lot of sick oh, yeah. days that we're going to be Absolutely. taking. Cough, cough. <laughs> oh, what am I getting? That said, it, it yeah. it's a split vote, guys, which means it now comes to the audience's pick that you're the deciding factor. And let's see what the audience decided. And I want to thank our good friend Kev over from PlayStation Source to get us hyped for 2023. And Kyle, guess what? Guess who won? Oh, who won? Who won? The audience decided it's Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Give me those pictures of Spidey. (laughs) Let's go. Ramp it up. (laughs) Um, Big shout out to Spider-Man 2. This category as well, it shows me this whole, like, you know, before we get into the game of the year, I do want to say 
it does show where our audience leans on certain things. Um, and it really gets me, or really gives me the information I need to know to give you what you want to hear. So I, I really thank y'all, everybody, for, for voting in this because it really does help me gauge you, the audience, is what you want more from us in terms of coverage. So thank you, everybody. That means the one that came in last place we're never talking about. Ever. Never. Lies of P, get <laughs> out of here, okay? Diablo yeah. 4, it's just never Pinocchio. heard of you. Get out of here. Yeah. Come on. What are, some ty- what are we, Kyle? Some type of patsy? Some type of suicide squad? Come on. <laughs> Dead space? <laughs> Come on. Give More me, like a live space. Give, yeah, give me live area that was real bad sorry (laughs) kyle listen we've been doing this for a minute 18 hours 18 hours and 47 seconds the delegation the trophy room delegation is tired but luckily yeah we're in the 15th round of votes (laughs) (laughs) who are you said you were you said this is gonna be i know i said we were gonna i know i'm sorry but dang it you know what I'll allow it. I'll allow it for a deep cut like that. Absolutely, I will. God damn, I like it. I like a good deep cut and whew, right at the center. Kyle, yeah. Now we get to it. The <sighs> moment okay, you've no. all been waiting for. Let's do it on three. You ready? Okay. All right. Three, three, two, two one. one. I love you. 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 I love it's fine. I'm not. <clears throat> Kyle? The nominees are... And I'm sorry for coughing in the mic. I totally... It's been 19 hours and 48 minutes. Yeah. The nominees are... For Game of the Year 2022 for the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players with over 2,500 votes in... Let's get into it. Elden Ring is our first nominee from software. Our second nominee, God of War, Ragnarok, Santa Monica Studio. Our third nominee, Cult of the Lamb by Massive Monster. Our fourth nominee, A Plague Tale Requiem, Sobo Studio. Our fifth nominee, Horizon Forbidden West, Guerrilla Games. Our sixth nominee, Neon White by Angel Matrix and Ben Esposito. Our seventh nominee, Shredder's Revenge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by Do Temu. And our last nominee, Nobody Saves the World by Drinkbox. <sighs> boy, oh boy. Four big games, four indies. Perfectly balanced as all things should be. Mm-hmm. Kyle. Oh, boy. I want to make a rule here. Uh-huh. And a rule I want to set in stone right here, right now. Yeah. I do not want to tell you why this game isn't the game of the year type of thing. Yeah. Right? Because I usually, when I when I hear a lot of game of the year conversations, it's a lot of, well, I really liked Cold of the Lamb, but it didn't do this one thing that I like from Plague Tale. Right? I don't yeah, want to speak yeah, yeah. ill of any of these games because I truly think that each one of these define this year, that each one of these you could pick and be your game of the year and go, yep. that makes complete perfect sense. Yep. 
Yeah. When we say we want to celebrate the games, we got to celebrate the games. And we did. Over 30 sure categories. Mm-hmm. 80 nominees. Mm-hmm. So let's take it away, Kyle. What is your My- game of the year? My game of the year yes. of 2022 goes to the team at Santa Monica Studio in God of War Ragnarok. The 40-ish hours, maybe 50 hours that I had in God of War Ragnarok consuming every single side quest, standing around idly on the screen so I can listen to the characters talk to each other that don't include Kratos and Atreus. The standing there in awe at the wildlife and the scenery, the rush I was getting in the combat of God of War Ragnarok, upgrading abilities, grabbing new weapons. But the story here is one that's going to stick with me for a very long time. And the characters in God of War Ragnarok are some of the, not only just most well-written, but as you could tell from our nominees for best performances, the probably best performed game in recent memory, uh, right up there with, I think, The Last of Us series. It is everything that I wanted in a God of War 2018 sequel. I got everything minus one silly question that doesn't matter, like who rang the horn or who blew the horn in 2018. I don't the care doorbell. anymore. Exactly. I don't care anymore because of what they gave us in this one. And it's phenomenal. And it made me cry so much. Tears of joy, tears of sadness, anger, everything. This game gave me everything. So that is why this is my game of the year, 2022. So when I tell y'all that I played two of my favorite games of all time. And I mean it. Um, Mm -hmm. When I tell y'all, I could care less which one goes in front of the other. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean it. Elden Ring will go down as um, one of the greatest games ever made. It will go down as a moment in video games that developers looking back will have that elevator pitch when they're talking about their next open world game and go, okay, so we want we want this game, but we want it to have an Elden Ring open world, right? When we're talking about design and getting it down to the brass tacks, we're going to talk about, hey, is, or do we want a, a Ubisoft open world you know, game? Do we want a Witcher open world game? Do we want a Breath of the Wild open world game? Do we want an Elden Ring open world game? That's what Elden Ring did. I think Elden Ring is a cultural moment in video games that I don't think anybody can go back and go, uh, yeah, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's phenomenal. And I say this and I mean it wholeheartedly that Miyazaki is one of the greatest um, directors just out there. Um, it's fantastic. You will go down as probably one of the greatest directors just who has graced gaming. And I know yeah. I sound like a fan and a stand, and I absolutely do. And I, I make I, 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 I make my peace with it. And when I say this, and I, and I mean it here, Kyle, that um, and I, and I, it's always been a joke on the show, but I truly mean it has been 
over 318 days as of recording, the game of the generation that landed on our very doorstep is Elden Ring. I didn't think that there could be a game that could dethrone Bloodborne as my favorite game of all time. But Elden Ring did that. Um, This game is just going to mean a lot to so many people. And it does mean a lot to so many people. Has such a passionate fan base around it um, that admires just the way that this story is told, the way that this, these open, this open world game is delivered. Um, and it's just, it's just a spectacle. I, I love it so very much. There's, I, I get lost in just the thought of just how much I appreciate this game. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, Kyle. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Elder Ring will go. But God of War. God of War will stay. God of War Ragnarok deserves game of the year here because I think it means a lot to so many of us and I will take myself out of it and think about and just graciously give up my game of the year that is Elden Ring to give it to uh, God of War because I truly don't care who (laughs) is number one to me because both of these games mean so much that though Elden Ring has delivered so much new i think it goes to show what a sequel can do in terms of how a story is 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 continued i think god of war ragnarok is truly when i put the controller down one of the greatest sequels that i've i've had my 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 time with i think when we talk about you know the side characters each one of them are just filled out so incredibly well um you know i think of uh, of sindri most of all oh yeah i think of of my brother with him and brock you know i think of my father with with kratos um there's just so many parallels to to people that i've met and it just goes to show how competent these writers were at writing each of one of these characters at, sh- at giving a little piece of themselves to each one of these characters that I can't just walk away from this game going, man, oh man, they did it. You know, most of the yeah. time when I take a look at a sequel, it doesn't need to be better than the first game. It doesn't. And I think we do this watch mojo thing way too much of like, well, something has to be best. And, and that means something has to be worse. And I'm, I'm really tired of that because to me, God of War Ragnarok is just a continuation of one. You know, mm-hmm. I think you said a few weeks back that like God of War 2018 is, is side A. God of War Ragnarok is side B. And I have to give them props of being able to write a story that feels so different from the first game, yet ties everything together so epically towards the end. And I have to give it up to the to the combat designers as well. When it comes to some of the most challenging bosses this year did not come from Elden Ring for me. It came from God of War. And some of the most memorable boss fights I've had wasn't just because of the narrative beats as well, but when they were there, it impacted you. You felt for them. And I want to give a shout out to whoever wrote Thor. Um, Yes. You know, because I have people in my family that have gone through something similar to what 
Thor has mm-hmm. is gone through, and I see a lot of myself in um in uh in his daughter and Throod. and Throod. and um it's it's an incredibly written game. So when I hear yeah. people go, oh, I don't like the Angry Bones. They were on a yak for forty. Shut up. No, there's oh, too much climbing. <laughs> let like, let it go. To to me, the it, it's it's kind of like. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's, you know, and we use this analogy a lot. It's kind of like Godfather Part 2. But to me, when I think about it, it's kind of more like uh, New Hope. They showed us this big thing. They let us stay in it. They let us see Asgard from the inside. And then they're just like, and it's Ragnarok. So we're going to blow this whole shindig up. Mm -hmm. Showing us the scale, the size of this world and just saying, we're just going to tear it all to pieces and you're going to feel for each one of these characters while we do it, while we tear them down or build them up um, is just an incredible watch. And the twists that I see from this game, I can't help but respect. So I will yield my game of the year status of Elden Ring to God of War Ragnarok happily uh, because both of these games are, just so well done. I literally Absolutely. played my favorite sequel of all time, and I played my favorite game of all time in one yeah. year. Yeah, can't hey, be happy. Hey, here. I'll, I'll, I will wax poetic a little bit about Elden Ring. I am notorious on the trophy room for not liking from software games, and it all switched around from Bloodborne. And I was excited to try this as a new from soft game at the same time of it's new with everyone else. Yeah. And the magic that overtook my brain and just my body of all I could think about for a solid three weeks (laughs) was Elden Ring. Yeah. Finding the right build, finding out where to find this weapon. And where's the mimic tier? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, where is the summon to help me get past uh, Malkith? You yeah. know, like, help me out here. Millennia, don't get me started. Yeah. Because that boss fight is incredible. I had such a great time playing a genre that I notoriously don't like, and it made me a fan, and it made me appreciative of all the nuances that go into a FromSoft game for the first time. Bloodborne aside, because that's special in its own right. Um, Elden Ring is special, and I still, to this day, think about hopping in and also watch people play Elden Ring, because I want to see how they traverse the world. That is something that I don't do with, like, a God of War. Like, that playthrough is mine, and I want to keep it mine, but there's something about Elden Ring of me wanting to know what else is out there? It's like journeying to space. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's out there. Let me see other people do it. And let me learn from it. Let me bask in the glory that is Elden Ring and the the land between. Yeah. Um, fantastic. And we always say it. If you disagree with any or everything we're saying, that's fine. Go straight to don't heck. Let people, don't let people yuck your yum. Yeah. If any yeah. of these games is your game. Oh, I don't like that sound effect. <laughs> if any of these games are your game of the year or your game of the year is not on this list, don't let us tell you what to think. Yep. Love what you love. Enjoy your time with the game. And stay stay with that. 
Don't change your opinion because somebody says something different. Yeah. Stupid. It's stupid. Uh, don't go with the crowd just because, what is it, like 250 yeah. people gave Elder Ring Game of the Year. Who cares? Titles, at, at the end of the day, I, I hope what you guys got out of this is the celebration of games that meant a lot to us this year. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and our community. And Throughout our community. the whole show, You were, if you're watching the video mm-hmm. version... You see a bunch of our community members talk about their game of the year, whether or not it came out this year or not. Yeah. And why? Like, it's celebrate games. Celebrate games. And I hope that's what you got out of this, because we had a lot of fun. And listen, coming down to the wire here, too, doing a three-hour podcast, y'all, I don't know how y'all do it. Because we're Ooh. doing it right now, and I'm just like, it's midnight, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as a recording. Like, this is nuts. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, this is a big celebration of, of games, and I think we get lost in, like, again, the rank list, which one's the best game ever, and I'm going to, like, fight you on it. And, and it's it's not about that. You know, I, I want to thank the thousands of people that not just tune in every week, but who took time out of their day to vote on these games, to discuss these games with us, right, mm-hmm. um, who are part of this community and celebrated with us um, and are celebrating it now with us. So thank you all so very much for doing this. This this is a huge passion project for me because I love games and I just want to take a moment to celebrate the people that make them. Uh, so thank you all so, so very much. Um, all of the real ones out there. And thank Absolutely. everybody for listening and tuning in to the Trophy Rewards. But with all that said, with all that out of the way, Kyle... Is there anything you'd like to spotlight before we get on out of here? Uh, Since this is a special type of episode, uh, you mentioned it a little bit. I'm just going to add on to it. Instead of highlighting myself, I want to highlight our community, the Discord server. Everyone's so kind to each other, welcoming to everyone that comes on in. Uh, Just thank you for just not only interacting with this award show, everything that we do, and just supporting us. But not even just supporting us, supporting each other. Yeah, The love that you show for each other is inspiring, and I love it. And I'm so grateful for all of you. So here's to 2023. I cannot wait to talk about what could be one of the greatest years of games in 2023. It honestly can be, and I think it just yeah. might. Yeah. And like always, you can follow me at Mr. Babbit. You can follow this show over at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. And it really does mean a lot, y'all. If you made it through the three plus hour show we had and you liked what you heard, please consider donating to our Patreon. It really does help us out. Make sure, please, you drop a five star review, whether that's on Spotify, whether that is on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast service of choice. Make sure you liked this video on YouTube if you're watching the video version. Share it out to your friends, your family family fellow nerds alike because it helps us grow and please let us know what your game of the year is let us know what your favorite soundtrack was spread the love that is gaming and why you love games it's as simple as that so with all that said and with all that out of the way everybody keep your wits about you keep hunting and keep playing playstation see you guys bye i love you